Come, noble lords and ladies. Come, be seated at the king's table and break bread with us, for the feasting day has arrived. This is what the ghouls tell themselves as they squat in the corpse-strewn crannies of the realms. This is the fantasy that they've constructed, a mirage of knightly grandeur where heroes are just and evil always perishes. It's all a lie. The reality, though, is too horrific to countenance. In truth, the ghouls are cannibal flesh eaters, monsters of the dark touched by death magic. The kingdoms in which they dwell are lands ravaged by war. The monarchs to whom they pledge their allegiance are deranged and bloodthirsty vampires, creatures enslaved to their lust for fresh meat and hot gore. It's from these undead that the ghouls' curse of insanity originates. They, in turn, inherited their madness from Ushoran, the Carrion King, a former paragon of majesty transformed into a ravening abomination. At the apex of this bloody chain of fealty presides Nagash, a tyrannical god of the dead. The undying king despises his cannibal servants. For their frothing mania and rabid unpredictability stand in direct opposition to the sterile necrotopia he would build. But he cannot deny the terror they bring to his enemies and the ruin they make of mortal lands. In the deranged minds of ghoul kind, now is an era of righteous war. The hunt has been sounded, the call to arms given. Courts of ghouls and their vampiric masters boil out from the darkness, frenzied and salivating. So deep does their madness run that the ghouls truly believe that they fight to save their low-born masses they encounter, bringing about a glorious new world of honor and nobility. It's a truth they will cling to even as they rip apart those self-same mortals and devour them alive. Welcome to the garage, you tools, for the next three or four hours or however long it takes. We're going to do our best to keep you entertained, informed, and perhaps have a few laughs along the way, bringing you the missing Mortark, some intestine wigs, and the power of delusion. I'm Dave Whitek, and with me as always, although sometimes unspoken, is Lindsay, the Canadian albino hockey puck. Um... Say hi, Lindsay. Chris will be here in a minute, folks. And um, um, when he gets here, uh, we will start talking about the Flesh Eater Court's book. But before we get to that, I need to cover a few basic uh, bits and bobs here. Of course, I want to thank the sponsors of Garage Hammer. That includes Chaos Orc Superstore. 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 And Six Squared Studios. Six Squared Studios for all your... Basing and MDF and token needs, as well as 3D printing. And also, let's not forget Grognard Games in Batavia and Roselle, Illinois, because there's always something happening at Grognards. That's right, that's right. And let's not forget to thank our Patreon patrons, those people who keep the lights on here at Garage Hammer and make sure that everything we do and everything we can be doing in the upcoming months is possible. And that includes our associate producers, Jake C., James Brown, and Old Man Yeti. It includes our executive producers, Scotty Milne, George Stradon, and Sir Kilsteak. And it's also our newest Patreon patrons, Piotr Komarovsky, Mitchell Hensley, and Arthur L. Bolin. Guys, thank you all for being 
part of the almost 1% who makes this show possible. And um, I really do appreciate it. I really do. Now, uh, I don't have any voicemails right now because we only recorded the last episode like three days ago. But if you wanted to call and leave a voicemail, you would call 1-757-GH-SHOW-6. That's right. That's 1-757-GH-SHOW-6. Most international callers dial 00 and then 1-757-GH-SHOW-6. Call, leave a message. Um, We had a bunch last time. And uh, a lot of those people have found their way onto the Discord. Yeah, that's right. There is a Discord link. You can find it. It's posted on our Patreon page. It is posted. It's pinned to the top of the Garage Hammer Facebook page. And if you go to the Garage Hammer, uh, garagehammer.net and near the top, click Contact Us, you will find the Discord link in there as well. Um, people are joining every day. It's growing, it's fantastic, uh, it's exciting, and I would love it if every single listener uh, were a part of it. That would be really kind of awesome. So, uh, listen, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to just call Chris. There is no need to, we're going to have plenty of time for commercial breaks, so rather than diving into a commercial now, I'm going to call Chris, and then uh, we're just going to jump right into the show. So, give me just a second here. Hello? Hey, there you are. We're on the air. What is up? Not much. Just uh, keep talking so I can get your level. Say hi, because we're on the air. Hello. Hey. Oh, how are you? I'm fine. Keep talking. We're That's on the air. I'm, I'm I'm here. I'm waiting for you to do something. I'm checking levels. You have to keep talking. Well, I don't have anything to say. So well, this, this is going to suck for the next four hours. Then I'm going to tell you that right now. <laughs> I mean, come on. We do this every show. I got to check the levels. You got to keep talking to me. Yeah. What have you been doing today? <sighs> Just working, man. Working yeah, all day. Same. Yeah, same. Oh, okay. Uh, I guess you sound okay. Um, so, um, Flesh Eater Quartz. Yeah, man. Yeah. We are uh, We're going to cover this. The book is up for pre-order today, if you're listening on the day this drops. And um, this book's kind of awesome. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I like it a lot. Now, a little disappointed that the, I think we got 10 new units and seven of them are characters. Right. So we got three new units to play with that aren't, you know, because you only have so many heroes on the table. Yeah, and two of them are kind of the same. I mean, yeah. uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. Uh, I, I'm I'm, right. I'm opening with with the one thing that, the, with the one big negative. They still have a half page list, you know, uh, 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 profiles, you know, points list. Yeah. Um, but this is such a vast improvement over what they had. Oh yeah. They've got so many cool things going on, so many cool little synergies they can use, and I mm-hmm. think they've streamed like this army into something that's really. I think it's much. I think it's almost easier, a little bit easier to play it now. Hmm. Um, and I think you have at least at least you have a few more options. Yeah, you you definitely can play lots of different ways with it, which is cool. Yeah, before it's kind of like there's like really only kind of like one, mm-hmm. you know, good way to do it. Absolutely, absolutely. So, um, I was reading this book. And I'm mm-hmm. going to tell you, up until we got to the actual timeline, you know, like on page 16, yeah, where they go through the whole timeline, I wasn't certain. Like, I had to wait till we got there to actually know what happened. Oh, okay. Uh, simply because this, I mean, you can't tell what's real and what's not. Like, you've got 
the whole viewpoint of where the pe- that the people who are telling the story, you know, or the 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 followers, mm-hmm. um, they they're under they're delusional. Yeah, and it, like spreads and gets more. And so as I'm reading this, I'm like, wait yeah. a minute, this doesn't make sense. Like, there's parts of like this doesn't make sense. That's that can't be how this happened. And so I'm reading, I'm like, okay, but where's the actual explanation of what happened? I'm like, it, there isn't one. There's just that one. And that doesn't, that makes no sense. And so then you go through and you get to the timeline and it starts laying out the what actually happened. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay, now it makes sense. Oh, it's, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, it was confusing. And I think that's actually kind of fantastic. As I'm reading the lore, I'm like, I don't know what parts of this I can believe. Mm-hmm. And you always get, you always get somebody's opinion you always get a slant on it you know yeah uh, but this particular book it's bananas how like parts of it are all over the place yeah <laughs> yeah i mean it's just well they 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 try to like tell it from different viewpoints and there's like the guy who's like the running narrative through it with a little box outs mm-hmm. is kind of cool i like that a lot um we could like the guy who like they like, captured like at the beginning, like he like slowly like starts to come around to like their point of view a little bit, you know? Yeah, it's really <laughs> yeah. The, you, you kind of see like the how the mania spreads. This book is kind of gross too. Oh yeah. Um, this is the most gross book I think so far. Um, these I mean, you know, we've said it before. Cannibalism is the easy bad, thanks to the guys from. <laughs> yeah. From but um, they don't give you much of a break from it. It's like, oh my gosh. Well, just... and that's that's <laughs> the thing. Like I said, when I when I was uh, when I was on Legends of the Painty Men, we were talking about it. You know, mm-hmm. you want to you want someone that's easy to to dislike. Yeah, it's usually cannibals. It's usually cannibals, um, pirates, slavers. Yeah. Uh, those are your yeah the usual you know bad guys that you can always just throw in there. You just like yep. But this those are the never... bad guys. This book never steps away from the fact that everything in their life is blood and gore. Right. Like their weapons mostly are bones and Yeah, bits. or just their or just claws and fangs. Right. And mm-hmm. it's and it's just so yucky on so many <laughs> levels. And it doesn't let up. Like they just keep coming back to it. It's like every time you see something that they think they're doing is noble, they're actually just playing in someone's intestines. This is like right. This is like all hat. the craziest parts of a zombie picture. Yeah, wearing them as a hat. Oh yeah, the yeah the intestine uh, judge's wig is just <laughs> w- wonderfully disgusting. Yeah, but so let's jump into this, right? Yeah, cool. Because I don't want to waste a minute. Like I said, we haven't even taken a break yet. I just did the intro and called you, and we're straight into the show. So all right, let's go. Um, it it right off the bat, the cannibal kingdoms and. It gets, uh, they jump really right into it. And I always love these first couple of pages because they sort of yeah. give you that quick rundown. But it says, uh, and it talks about all the gross stuff that they do and the weirdness that, and how strangely they look and the things they're doing. It says, yet these displays do not fully convey the horror of the flesh eater's existence. Mm. Um, basically, Humans who live in a place that, especially during when the age of chaos ran through, and most of this started in Shyish because it's it's all been they've been touched by death magic. Mm-hmm. They live in places that have been destroyed, where your survival, um, you have to do horrible things just to survive, right? And their minds have snapped. 
Yeah, so these are like the survivors from yeah, the age of chaos. They yeah. didn't, you know, they're kind of like on the run. They're they've got no food, they've got no livestock, they've got eventually nothing. they pull yeah. a Donner party. Right. And that and then eventually if nobody's dying around you and you're starving, then you kill the weakest one and this is where they snap. Mm-hmm. You know, it says once the hurricane of violence passes on, what remains in the rubble of civilization and traumatized survivors staggering amongst the remains of kith and kin. Only the most tenacious can hope to survive. With their lands burned and livestock slaughtered, they must do so by eating the flesh of the dead. Their sanity frayed by the horrors piled upon them. They devolve further each time they indulge their rancid diet. Ugh. And then when it says, when they fall under the control of an abhorrent vampire, that desperate souls become true ghouls, sometimes yeah. known as mordants, right. the leaders so, of those so who that, study so, at that. Yeah, so they're like cannibals, and they're like, you know, every time they do it, they go, it's more and more depraved. Yeah. And then, you know, a vampire moves in on them, and then he, like, finishes off the last corruption, and then they become these ghouls who have, like, who believe that this guy is, like, their liege, you know, and they're actually serfs and soldiers in this kingdom, and they sort of start to believe it. Well, it's it's the—what happens is you know, the vampires are traveling the land, building up their power, building all this stuff in Shaish. We know the vampire counts. Yeah. All that stuff. As they're traveling, they find these people, and these—it's it, not, it's not like—it's not like, uh, you know, Manfred— or Neferata are collecting ghouls. Right. But the abhorrents go there. They're already under the curse of Ushur, and they all are del- they're all living in this crazy delusion. And you've got two choices. I can live in this burnt-out wasteland, just surviving yeah. off the dead, or I could join the delusion. Yeah. And, you know, it's their a, minds are already frayed. It's easy to take over. Yeah, I think they they sort of imply that there was a choice for some of them. Like they could follow chaos or they could become this. It's like, <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, it's not much of a choice. I mean, that's a hard. It's like, gosh, but that's the same thing with like the blades of corn or the corn, uh, corn bloodbound. You know, mm-hmm. you, yeah, you know, they killed the weak, the strong ones. You can live if you eat your family's hearts. You know, yeah, and then yeah. you, it's like there's, ugh, it's these horrible, disgusting choices. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. What's What's interesting is they talk about how they all fall into this delusion, and now they're in this, this sort of feudal hierarchy, right? Yeah. Um. But then it talks about not every ghoulish court is so chivalric in its delusions. Some style themselves as decadent theocratic empires from the age of myth. So these guys, not a, they're not just coming in as noble lords and ladies. Some of these guys are even crazier. They're just uh, from other weird societies building up this thing and it, it and the thing is all of it is just a cover for the wanton slaughter and devouring of everything around and the thing is they don't kill them and eat them like if they kill them they'll still eat them right but killing them first is not any sort of imperative mm-hmm you know, and this is, I mean, as we go through the book, it reads that, you know, the lucky ones are the ones that got killed quickly and aren't <laughs> right. being just, and aren't just tied up on a table to be, you know, torn apart and eaten alive. Mm-hmm. It's crazy that. But I think it's cool is that the vampires are the actual ones who, they start the delusion because they believe it. 
you know, that they're like these nobles and it yeah. just spreads to all these other, you know, it's literally yeah. an infection too. That's yeah. what's crazy is we find out later when we find out what happened to Oshore and how they're spreading this, mm-hmm. they're literally just spreading it like a, like a contagion, like, yeah. you know, like a disease. Um, now, one of the parts in here that I think is really important, though, is they talk about how the the ghouls are not dead. Right. But they have been, you know, it says touched by the boon of Ushorin. I don't know how they pronounce his name. I keep saying Ushorin. I don't know if that's it right or not. Ushorin, I think, is right. Yeah. I, You know, I heard him saying it on the on the on that Games Workshop, the the preview, and I don't remember it, but it didn't sound like they didn't say it that way. So I feel really? like I'm saying it wrong. Oh, Ushorin or Ush- maybe Ushorin. I don't know, and I don't care. I'm calling him Ushorin for now, and if I mispronounce yeah. the whole episode, I, I apologize. <laughs> yeah. Um. But so the death magic that's all around. You've got these depraved human cannibal mind yeah. bro, and that's the thing. Um. You go back through a lot of literature and a lot of stories, and I know the guys from GW read a lot too. Um, it's easiest to take over the the demented mind, the sick mind. Mm. I mean, look back at Dracula. Oh, you sure. It, it you get people, you break their minds, and then they're easy to take over. Um, and that's what happens here. These people are broken, and then the vampire comes up, and he's exuding that just the, the pulse. We've talked about this before in the Dawnbreaker yeah. books. Yeah, yep. When the the Herald was walking around. Uh huh. But they're yeah. so but they're not really alive either. Yeah, it says they occupy a strange liminal existence. They are not dead, but having been touched by the boon of Ushorin and the death magic that surrounds the abhorrence, neither are they truly alive. Yeah. So they and and that even puts them because there's that all that death magic is so seeped into them that if if Nagash wills something to happen they are still subject to him. Like, they have yeah. to obey. Right. Um, and it's funny that half of them hate Nagash and the other half think he's the, <laughs> yeah. think he's the greatest. Yeah. Um, it's Now, some of them, who, those who hate him, they worship Ushor in, in, him instead. Mm. Um, it's just, it's such a weird thing because they, they go, they, they, you know, they want to prove themselves to him. So they go out to do these gallant deeds. And I still have trouble in my head putting together. And I wish I had more something that was a little more straightforward of at what point in their head is, are you either trying to, you're, you know, a lot of times they're coming in and they're trying to save these people, bring them into the court, and then yeah. they just wind up tearing them apart and eating them. And I'm yeah, wondering I where they, they just, do- right. They don't really say like where that's split happens right like at what point do you feel like you're saving them by eating them or what's the what is the delusion that you think you're doing when you're actually devouring them um and maybe i just missed it but it's i don't think so because i noticed that too yeah it's and it's it's really crazy Mm-hmm. This this delusion. It's fun to play. It's fun to sort of dance around it a bit if you don't pry too deep. But yeah. they are building up this hierarchy that just seems to work. Mm-hmm. Um, and now that Ushorin's back, by the way, one of the most amazing models I've oh, seen man, this that, year. That thing is crazy. It's so cool. I absolutely love it. In fact, yeah. I got to say, almost everything they've put out here, I've really liked. Yeah. Um. Yeah, those the flying unit, the more bag or yeah. the more bags or whatever. Those mm-hmm. are cool. Yeah. So then we get um, this whole section here that's all written out, right? And it's all yeah. it's all fu- and it's basically what happened to Ushorin. Yeah, I like this part, the Carrion King. Yeah. 
So, yes. you know, he is sec. Of course, he is above Neferata and Manfred and them. And he is beautiful and appealing. And this is a guy who just exudes. This is like every one of those, like, like Lestat, you know? He's handsome. He's powerful. You know, he draws people toward him. They yeah. believe this lie. This is all what Ushorn apparently was supposed to be. Yeah. Um, and it said that he would go in there and rather than fight, he would go in there and charm people into doing what he wanted. Yeah. He's supposed to be the herald and paladin. Yeah. You know, the, the, the knight, you know, that kind of character. And um, he kind of got a raw deal. <laughs> Yeah, and it says here, he did swear that in death all who served him would find dignity, for none would be permitted to pervert the cycle of mortality. With his sword and talons, he struck down any who threatened this vow. So did mortals revere the somber paladin. You're going through this, and it talks about all the different titles Mm -hmm. that happened with him. And then it says, to mark his herald, Nagash did lay hand upon his brow, and lo, a crown of regal bones sprouted. A mirror of the undying kings. So Ushorin's got, and that you can see it in the model. He's still got that yeah. bone crown coming out of his head. Right. Um, and he, he, for some reason, he he hears that people are stealing grave sand. Yeah. Which makes no sense since nobody could get near that stuff and carry it unless he's just seeing the skeletons taking it and he doesn't quite understand that's what, what's that's happening. That's what I was thinking. But he runs out there to stop whatever's happening and find out what's going on and then kind of never comes back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, you know, they drank from the chalice from his blood, which automatically that's going on. When he returned, he had been struck mad and raved of baseless conspiracies against the laws of life and death. Yeah, they All don't really this, say what happened to him yeah, or but he, why. He went out to the edge of the realm and came back insane, which right. actually makes complete sense if you think about what they said, all the things that happen if you're at the edge of the realms. I guess if you went to the edge of the Shayish, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you never know what's going to happen. Some, I mean, the, yeah. the one guy came back and he was he was an empty, you know, like the LRL guys, you know, the empty yeah. shell guy can walk there. Other people can. Some people can't. Some people walk in and come out, you know, 300 years later not having aged a day. Some people walk in and come out the day later having aged 100 years. Like, it makes no sense. Yeah. So he comes back crazy. And then Nagash, and this is where it comes in, and and, and I love how it reads like a Bible verse almost. And Nagash did say thusly. <laughs> yeah. By my troth, Asharian, ye shall be brought to the temple of resurrection, that inconstant mortals named the Shroud Cage. And there shall thy mind be made whale by the incantations of healer spirits, so that ye may rise anew as the graven phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently Nagash they, took him and said, oh, you're sick, I'm going to heal you. Yeah, and it's whatever the heck the Shroud Cage is. They just sort of dropped that in on us. Boom, there you go. Yeah, which is basically, I mean, th- yeah, so I'm kind of just under the assumption that this is where they locked him up. Yeah, some kind of prison, jail, whatever. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so, and then it talks about, you know, um, there are some people who say that Ushorn was always a monster and that uh, good looks and all that stuff was always fake. And that um, some elaborate in their blasphemies, claiming the Shroud Cage was a ta- chamber of torture devised to ravage Ashoran's mind. Because Nagash, and this is, see, this is we, true, Nagash. We talked right about here. how Nagash is petty. He went there and came back crazy. Yeah. 
And he's no longer, he can't do the job that he was supposed to be doing. So Nagash decides to punish him and make him even crazier and torture him. Uh, you know, <laughs> he could never nice. again hide his true nature. Yeah. So here's a guy who apparently is a vampire who can hide his true nature and be charming and make everybody like him. Mm-hmm. And this is how he gets things done. Then he runs off to do this thing and comes back insane. And Nagash in true Nagash form says, well, your punishment will fit the crime. I'm going to yeah. make you even more insane because more you can't. Insane at all. Lock you in this thing and make you go more crazy. So in this story, long did he convalesce in the shroud cage, dreaming of his beloved court. Um, And it's not Nagash who let him out. Yeah. It was Sigmar. Sigmar. This is when when, um, Archeon's thing was happening and all that was going on, and he was expecting Nagash to back him up, and Nagash never showed because he was like, screw you guys. And this is when Sigmar loses it and goes to Shayish looking to kill Nagash. He just rampages through Shayish, sees this shroud cage, and just breaks, just busts it up just because he can. Yeah, he's just, I, I have a feeling he's smashing everything of Nagash's yeah. along the way. Right. Like, you wrecked my stuff, I'm going to break everything you own. Uh-huh. And so now he goes away, and it's so funny because... Um, like he doesn't even know what he did, he doesn't care. Well, and here, okay, so... According to them, Ushorin went and was crazy, and Nagash took his poor son, whom he loved, and was healing him. <laughs> and then Sigmar comes through, right? Yeah. Uh, he did, pres- oh, unjustly claiming treachery against him. Uh-huh. Yeah. Twas Sigmar's hammer that toppled the shroud cage's pillars, and his hateful lightning did blast the Mortark's sanity beyond repair, and so Ushorin fled beyond the sight of his father god. It's Sigmar's <laughs> fault that he's crazy. Yeah, yeah of course. Nagash Sigmar's blames, lightning blames on, yeah, scrambled his brain. Uh huh. Well, I mean, this is their whole thing. I mean, we know that Nagash was torturing him. In fact, we know that Nagash was not only torturing him, but he was using Neferata's people to torture him, and they were literally taking syringes of his blood because right. it was so full of crazy juice. <laughs> yeah. That they could take this blood and they would take it to cities and surreptitiously pour some into certain key people's beverages and they would get infected with Ushorin's madness. Yeah. And then they could be controlled. That's the craziest part is once you start suffering the delusion, all of his lackeys, whether they be vampires, ghouls or whatever, you're seeing them the way. Excuse me. Oh, choking them on spit. Ah, choking them on spit. Gross. Sorry. Uh, if anyone gets that reference, congratulations. Um, yeah. So th- this, and I'm reading this. I'm reading this, going, none of this makes any sense. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, what part of them is crazy, and what part of this is actually happening? So, um, and basically, then they said, Ushorin, the torture from having to flee and run and being away from his father, all that has passed to his children because so strong and powerful is his blood. That his children suffer along with him, which yeah. is, that part is actually true. Yes, that's true. So these orphan vampires became the first of what blinkered mortals would dub abhorrence or aberrance. Right. right. Uh, they did rake their flesh with claws and howl their grief, yet their ro- in their roamings to escape the blades of ruin, they discovered mortals worthy of their grand ideals. These are the crazy people. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> who went along with it. And so they found those who were... 
who were fain to consume the flesh of the fallen. And though in their hunger the vampires did feast upon some, they bore the mane of their lord still. So, yeah, and that's the thing. They just they, they take new... Well, you guys could be part of us. I'm hungry, though. I'm going to eat these people. But the rest of you right. could join us. Right. Uh, yeah, they're merciful. Yeah, they are. So that's... I mean, this is just the first couple of pages of the book. Yeah. This is bananas. It's yeah, great. It's all, it's, all, it's, it's all new lore that we've never even hinted yeah. at before. Yeah, and, you know. and this is great. That And I'm glad they brought Ashoran back into it. We've been wondering when he was going to show up. Since the end times. Yeah, since they wouldn't name him back in the end times. And right. I wasn't 100% certain it was him until now because you never know with that nonsense. Right. But so here he is. And so now he's back. And now it expl- all of I mean, we all... For the last six years, you know, what are the flesh eater courts? They're crazy Bretonians. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, that, that flies, but it's pretty shallow as far yeah. as lore. Everybody else is getting such great lore, and these guys are just crazy Bretonians. And now we found the thing to tie it all together. Yeah. And so his curse. Now, I mean, why haven't we seen this going this crazy before? It's because he was in that cage. Mm hmm. And even his curse, now that he's out and there's no, no filter. <laughs> yeah, well, he's been out for a while. He's just yeah. been hiding. He's been hiding. But it, it, this is where, this is when it got, this is when the, the, they started yes. to really get, yes. go yeah. bananas, right? Right, right, yep. As the ruinous hordes butchered and burned, ancient and proud nations fell, the survivors becoming easy prey for the infectious madness of the abhorrence. Abhorrence, sorry. Their sheer, their sheer unwillingness to accept reality's horror allowed them to survive the age of chaos after a fashion. Um, yeah, yeah. This is this is what it is. They they went crazy to survive. Mm-hmm. This is basically the Joker tale told on a much grander oh, that's scale. Interesting. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, basically, if you like the Killing Joke, sure. You know, everyone's one bad day away from being completely you know, bananas for completely breaking. Yeah. So uh, after the Necroquake, the ghouls, um, that extra energy just gave them power. But they're not dead. Right. So some of the effects, some of the more negative side effects, especially the direct control uh, under things, these guys aren't that... I mean, it says in that opening... Blurb, then Cash just kind of hates them because his perfectly sterile necrotopia, they don't fit in it. Right. Yeah, he doesn't like them because they're, yeah, they're not, they're, they're still, they're, they're uncontrollable, just maniacs. Yeah, they're not but. dead. They're not, they are not 100% under, now he will use them and allow them to run rampant when it suits right. his purposes. Yeah, I feel he, like if he ever actually got his way, mm-hmm. they would be the first things to go. <laughs> Right, he he would just he would get rid of all of them. Oh sure, once 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 he has his necrotopia and he's killed off everything, and the, if these things are still left, they're going next. Oh yeah, everything's got to die for him to be done. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the next cool part is just like then then like the realm the right of life happens. Yes, and it's like uh oh. Well, and you know. it makes sense. The it's it, and this is something that I remember. I think it was the original Final Fantasy. If you've ever played that, uh, you know you have healing potions and stuff like that, or holy mm. things. Uh, you could use them to harm undead. Sure, 
like like things that would heal a normal person would hurt them. Yeah, you know, uh, and here that's kind of what happened. The, the 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 life spell went out, and a lot of the undead went back to their graves, or it it harmed them. You know, the life, yeah. the antithesis of death, harmed them. It didn't harm the ghouls. Yeah, it made them realize what they were doing. <laughs> yes, it did. It now because it was such a clean and and wholesome spell, it did break the insanity for a while. Yeah, which, it says uh, it says they are subject to experience moments of awful clarity, moments that could. That moments that could spark civil wars that tore entire courts apart. Like, can you, like they're just hanging out, and then suddenly the right of life happens. They're like, "Wait, what's going on? What are we doing?" Oh my god, no! <laughs> like, oh, could you picture what you've been doing? There are people walking around with intestine hats. Yeah, they fight with bones. They are sitting in places where they just lounge about with body parts. This yeah. is like the worst part of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Devil's Rejects type <laughs> nonsense. Yeah. This is it. And to suddenly to have that delusion drop to get your your humanity back. Yeah. Even for a minute and to look around and realize all of what you've done mm-hmm. that's got I mean that would kill some people. That yeah. would just you would they would go they would have a heart attack. Yeah. They go it's, actually insane and not just like ghoul crazy like 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 regular crazy. Yeah, like regular crazy like and like they're just like <laughs> Just the horror of all that you've done. Mm-hmm. So, um, when we get up to the uh, era of the beast, mm-hmm. you see monsters running across at all that time. And with that, um, the abhorrence really got into it because these yeah. were just more monsters to kill, more right, things for like, the table. Yeah, so they're hunting these things. Bring them back hunting to them and eating them, much like ogres, much like oryx. You know, it's like, you know, yeah. is, this is what we do. We hunt them and we eat them. Mm-hmm. Uh, prime seats at the banquet table for bringing home big monsters. Um, but then the Marrow Scroll Heralds emerged, bearing their yeah. holy missives. This was Dawnbringers 1. Yes. Or was this, it 1 or 2? Uh, it was 2. Yeah. It was 2. So this is like Ushorin has now like started to exert his will a little bit. Yes. So now the the, the Heralds are going out. Yes. Now he has found a place in Gyran, mm-hmm. and he kind of was led. He kind of he kind of felt drawn to it, and he discovered the peaks of the neck into which his influence sank like an eager fang. From this mountainous citadel of the new summer court, the Mortark, all but consumed by the persona of the Carrion King, a warped parody of the noble image he presented, had been stirred from his revelry by Nagash's fall. We're talking about when Teclas kicked his ass. Yeah. And the increasing arrival of crazed refugees to his kingdom. The courtiers listened aghast to accounts of barbarians roaming the lands and cursing it with plagues of despair, and the Carrion King had to act. That's the that's the That's the Nurgle, the Nurgle Heralds. Yeah, that's the Nurgle Heralds. They're coming yeah. through and bringing about all this sadness and destruction, and he can't yeah. have that in his lands. No. So he sends these guys out. Yeah, gotta fight them. Yeah. Uh, Oh, and then they're talking about how agents in Neferata are going around, and they're uh, they. they it looks to them like they're out giving kingly gifts of yeah uh, of you know something better than Aqua Gyranus. No, it's just Ashoran's blood. <laughs> yeah, uh, extracted from his nightmarish body by the agents of Neferata as he ranted, raved, and feasted amidst his deluded courtiers. I wonder how they did it. 
That's kind of gross. It's yeah. They, uh, I'm certain they found ways just to just to distract him. I mean, look at that hide. That big. They got something in there. And just got some of his blood. Yeah. Um, cults of the Summer King are starting to pop up, and like they're it, literally they're just putting this blood, just a couple of drops in your drink. You may never even taste it if it's a strong drink. And next yeah. thing you know, you are now under their sway. Typical vampire moves. Because you know what? Yeah. Sometimes I forget that he's a vampire. He is a vampire. All the all the named character, all the characters in, in right. here are also are all vampires too. Right. And sometimes it's weird to think about it that way. It's like these are Neferata's people and he's got yeah. his he is on par with Neferata and oh, yeah. Manfred and Archon. Um yep. he's just nuts. And it's so much fun to keep reading this. And it does really now he did start the War of Red Errantry. That's cannibal where we are crusade. now. The yeah, cannibal, the cannibal crusade. crusade. Um, they're basically on a mission of righteous mercy. They are questing and feasting. Yeah. And many that they attempted to save would become the meal didn't seem to get through to their mat. It's funny. It's like once they've achieved the goal and saved them, mm-hmm. it's like the game's over. Like they won their video game. Now it's time to celebrate. And then they're going to eat. Yeah. And whoever they just saved, that none of that, that's over. That chapter's done. I won that game. <laughs> I saved these people. Now it's maybe time to they, eat. Yeah, maybe they let some of them go or live, whatever. Who knows? Are they convert them, you know, with yeah, the Yeah, maybe. I mean, yeah. it's it's hard to tell. Right. Um, now, I want to point out in this section, Ghoulish Domains, where it talks about a lot of the places they live. Yeah. At first glance, the lands of a ghoul court resemble the corpse-strewn wastelands that cover much of the realms. Wait, what? I know. <laughs> that is not a nice picture of the realms. Much of the realms yeah, maybe are just a... corpse-strewn wastelands? Now, once again, all the areas that we talk about in this game, they've shown you on the maps. It's it's a small pepperoni on an 18-inch pizza. Like, and that's yeah. not I don't I'm not saying the proportions are correct. But the vast swaths of land we're talking about are little pepperoni sizes yeah. in this. And I'm talking about, like, the map. When they yeah. show you the map and they've got all those cities, that's the piece of pepperoni. That map, which is huge, is just one small section of the realms. How much of the realms is just corpse-strewn wastelands? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's an exaggeration. What is, it says know. much. I mean, much could it, be 5%. It, it could be 25%. But yeah. God bless America. That <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I, I'd like to think that the mortal realms aren't a terrible, terrible place. It's dangerous, of course. But yeah. I'd like to think some of the places are worth living in. Right. And it's, I just read that. I was like, dang, that's a terrible picture of it. Yeah. Um. You can okay. Whenever you're around them, it reeks, right? It says it's got a charnel stink. It's just all rotten meat and blood, and that sweet, gross, rotting meat stench around them always. Smells smells like an abattoir, right? Uh, Exactly. Yeah. If you've ever had the misfortune of being near one of those, or like a tannery or something, like blah. Yeah, and so it's funny because as you know, you're you're moving through this place. You're starting to smell this, right? It's smelling gross. You're moving through the lands. You know someone's following you and watching you. You know that they've got watchers inside of the roads. As you get closer and closer to the to the whatever the the castle is, the disgusting, gross, dilapidated Dracula castle. Yeah. 
of course, the people watching from the from the sides, from the you know, off in the shadows, are the ghouls wanting you to get there. And it says they become more and more manic. They want you to get to the castle so they can celebrate your safety and then eat you. Yeah. Uh, of course, if you don't get close enough, they may attack and just try to hurry you along uh, and eat you there on the road anyway. <laughs> um, you know, fellow warriors see only ruins. Oh, and they start to see, and some of them, once again, the weaker minded. And you don't have to be weak minded. You could just, you, you could be mentally exhausted. You could be mentally have some sort of a hang up. This is where that sort of gets its hooks in you. Yeah. And so you're walking up here and suddenly the ones of you who start converting early, which is probably the ones who probably don't get eaten. Right. Because if you don't accept their hospitality, if you don't understand what you're seeing is a glorious feast, if you look at it and reject it in terror, yeah. you obviously are one of the bad guys. But yes. so it says they start to get going up the hill. Uh, fellow warriors see only ruins, but... These other guys see this place as a wonderful place, trying to lead them up there. Basically, if you're not one of the people who falls to the delusion, you're dinner. Yeah. Well, I mean, that doesn't happen all the time either. Like, there's more than one story out there where they take prisoners and captives, and they let just they just let them roam around their lair. It's kind of interesting. Like, but eventually they wind up eating them, don't you? Not all the time. Like. There was a, there's a white dwarf story where, you know, so, like they keep like, like, like keep them as pets. Yeah, and they and they like you know and like there's one guy who's like he's really good at like uh at, like playing like the lute or whatever. So they keep him around because he like plays music and they like it. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, and he's not infected. He's not infected. Eventually, he will be. You can't live there and not become infected. It, yeah, Could I you don't picture? Know. I mean, oh my god. Yeah. This is like the most horrifying of horror movies. Right. They've killed and eaten all your friends now, Chris, but you can play an instrument and they realize it. Yeah. So now these monsters who and remember, their voices are cracked and, and, yeah. they, and they their voices are destroyed and that crunching and groaning. And they then to them they sound like they're you know, like they're in an Arrow Flynn picture. Oh, <laughs> good lord there. How many yeah, yeah. are? Yeah. And these things are out there croaking and barking and crumbling uh-huh. and dancing and playing in the awful and the viscera of your friends. And you're supposed to play music for them so they can dance about with the bones. <laughs> right. They, like, this is... It's crazy. Every time I try to think of it, I'm like, it's the, it's, the, it's the most horrifying part of any horror movie. Mm-hmm. This is the part before the girl gets away during Texas Chainsaw Massacre where they have <laughs> dinner with her. You know, okay. And I don't know if you've ever seen the movie, but I mean, I have not actually. Oh, it's one of my favorites. It's terrifying. It really is. And for a movie with so little blood, mm-hmm. it's because it, they don't show you a lot of stuff. It's just okay. knowing what's happening. Yeah. And the scene where they're all just having dinner with that poor girl, and they're just mentally torturing her. Um, it's 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 rough to watch, but I keep picturing stuff like that when I'm reading this, going, "What is happening?" And speaking of extra stories, I need a total sidetrack here. Apparently, there are short Dawnbreaker stories on the Warhammer yeah. community page. Yeah, there are. Yeah, and apparently, Korgus Cool is starting to change. Yeah, uh, is he going to become a demon prince? Because yep. I would love the Korgus Cool model just to become a generic dude. Yeah, and if Korgus Cool, let this guy ascend. That'd be cool. You know, let him let that become the terror that 
that uh, Thunderclees, what's his name? Uh, Vandis Hammerhead Thunderclees. That's that guy <laughs> from the Brack show. Wow. Um, let Hammers, let Vandis have to fight him. That'd be cool. Let that be part of where this mental breakdown is coming because he knows that this thing is what's coming for him. Mm. Before he, I have a feeling Vandis is somehow going to transform into something himself. I think he's changing. That'd be cool. Like a new model. That'd be neat. It would just be interesting if he does something. A lightning man? The lightning man! Right? Isn't that what he sees in his visions? Yep. Yeah. It's lightning man and hail boy. Uh, Okay. I don't know. I'm just making stuff up as I'm talking (laughs) here. All right. So, oh, God. Yeah. And then it talks about where they live, okay? Yeah, it's, it's pretty, this is nasty. They work strip farms. Though rather yeah. than cultivating crops, they stuff bushels of bones. Yeah. Other they corpses are packed corpses. inside half-collapsed watchtowers. So, yeah, you've got an old watchtower or like a barracks, and they put just all the dead bodies in there like it's a granary. Yeah. Oh, and these bodies, and they, oh, and then they, then the, and they're gonna. It's hot, and they're gonna get expand, and they're gonna burst and crack, and all that inside. Do you ever smell the inside of a body? I mean, you were in the military. I hope you never had to. No, I have. I had in a medical sense, like I had a friend yeah. who had surgery, and they, like they had to open him up, and they had that part open so they could keep cleaning it. Okay, and he's like, oh, you can kind of if you get in, oh. Anything you've Uh, ever, nothing compares to how rancid the inside. There's no, it's all gases and gross in there, all contained and (laughs) and 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 closed in, and disgusting, worse than anything you've ever smelled. And this is where these people live, right? It's just, I mean, they're like planting like bones and fingers and like you're gonna grow people. Yeah, and they like, they like they have like. Like people like tending trees with like, like, yeah, here sacred springs curdle into lakes of clotted gore. Um, uh, you know, uh, bone chalices or broken blades rising from the surface of the gore, the twisted and bare forest thrum with insanity. Yeah, yeah, terrible. Yeah, um, it's really just it's. I gotta hand it to GW for walking this line because you know they don't like to put anything that's that's really you know they don't like to get in the PG thirteen and they yeah. really they I guess definitely that, are they definitely are like striding that path here. It's like they went as far as they could with like the Slanesh stuff. They're kind of doing the same thing here, just yes. with a different subject matter. They're like, definitely Ugh. walking the line and they're doing a heck of a job with it because they mm-hmm. don't come out and say these things straight and a lot of times they try to use bigger words so their younger readers might not get it yeah but i'm just i mean and plus here's me just filling in all the gaps with my own imagination from all the mm-hmm. things i've watched you know yeah oh gosh now then they talk about the most powerful aberrants <laughs> they uh their vampiric priest lurking within awful strewn temples once again the idea of awful strewn temples Oof. yeah um for the abhorrent monarchy, only proud castles will suffice as an abode. In their minds, they resemble the summer keep. Unsurprisingly, yeah. they are, in fact, places of horror, moats of gore surrounding them, chunks of awful bobbing within, while penance <laughs> and gonfalons of bloody skin hang. Oh, this is. <laughs> and then it yeah. says, yet these atrocious sights and smells are nothing compared to what lies inside the castle walls. So, as gross as you think this all is, yeah. it's, it's just worse. Yeah. 
in the feasting halls or inside where most mortals taken captive by the ghouls and their days. The more fortunate captives are first taken to the kitchens to be slaughtered. <laughs> oh, uh, it's just it. Uh, it just goes on and on about just eating people and yeah, just eating people and doing gross stuff with bodies and yeah, making artwork out of their stuff. Yeah. It's just it, basically. It's so weird because it's like they fake, they're, they're living in this fake, but they have other things than that. Like, I'm supposed, I mean, they could, they go into cities, they could find paint and canvas, but no, they only work in blood and yeah. like everything they do, their tools, they uh, got to make it out of a bone. I'm going to plant stuff. I'm going to plant <laughs> eyeballs. Like there's nothing, <laughs> yeah. you know. The only you, thing they actually have, they actually do have weapons, right? Well, now they do. Yeah. Now some of them have taken up taking weapons, and that's you know, funnily enough, if that is such a if there is a word like that, I've had a, the the only time I've seen pretty negative reactions to the new ghouls. Now, there are people who you know I never cared for the line in the first place, so I don't care. That's not what I'm uh, talking about. Yeah. I'm talking about people who like the line and look at the ghouls who are carrying the weapons. Like no, 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 they should not be carrying weapons. It's all bones and stuff, and it's like. We're so used to them not having this that giving them to these guys, they really did have to sort of explain what they were doing. Yeah. Um, and it's actually pretty cool. <laughs> it is pretty cool. I mean, those are like the soldiers. Yeah. Uh, we should take a break. We haven't taken one yet, and I want to keep going with the lore, but it's been like 45 minutes. So let's take okay. a break, cool. and then when we come back, we're just going to keep going. Uh, I'd like to finish up the lore in this section because we're actually right up to – we've only got like one more page. Yeah. Uh, that's the with the map, and then after that, it's the timeline, and then the um, the courts and the individual character lores, and then we'll dive into the rules. So we'll be back. Folks, Chaos Orc Superstore, your one-stop shop for all your hobby gaming needs. They've not only got current and classic GW releases, Chess X Dice, and Vallejo Paints, but now they're also carrying Mantic, Infinity, Flames of War, Privateer Press, Soda Pop, Dark Age, and other assorted board and miniature-based games. They usually ship within 24 hours, and the model in the picture is the model they ship to you, because at Chaos Orc Superstore, what you see is what you get. so weird that there could actually be like parts of Shayish that are ghoul kingdoms and like mortal like regular people kingdoms like relatively close to each other yeah it's it's I, like I said this is this is one of the most wild because they're with in there with Nagash you know what hey we're back I'm just gonna keep yeah, hey, hello. We we're started. Back. We started talking, and then I realized we didn't say we're back, and that's fine. But I don't want to stop this conversation and start it over again after we say we're back. Um, the, the, it's 
This is so <laughs> different from every other death army. Yeah. Um, they're, they are literally the wild card. They are not bound by the rule. They don't get all the bonuses that the undead not, get, they, but they also... They don't have a de- yeah, they don't have a death list save, do they? Uh, I think they do. Don't they have a six-up? I think they do, right? Yeah, they have a six-up. Yeah. But they like so many of the other things. And, I mean, actually, they do get a lot of the benefits. They get to heal. Mm-hmm. They get all this stuff. They get all the benefits of the vampire blood, but they are not as bound to Nagash as everything else is. Right. And that freedom gives them opportunities to do things that's really kind of cool. Yeah. Um, also, oh, another interesting reason that Nagash doesn't like them. Uh, the Shyish Nadir, which Teclas has, you know, stopped it moving, and he stopped it with hope, right? If you have hope, if you feel, you know, it's it's as you start to feel more and more despair, the Nadir draws that in. And as you yes. get closer and closer to destruction and you get more and more despair, you speed up. Like, you know, it starts to compound. Um, the ghouls don't feel despair. The ghouls are noble warriors out there fighting the good fight yeah that's true and so they don't feel despair so their realms don't go toward the nadir and this upsets nagash to no end crazy you're messing up the plan and now they're not even doing it on purpose they just (laughs) are doing it and i just think that's wonderful yeah that Um, much nagash can do about it right now yeah he's not even around right now yeah, uh, and then they talk about Charnel Court, where uh, Ushorin they believe once ruled, and it once percent per, it said once possessed a certain funerarial grandeur. Which I'm just thinking that you know that's like once again the 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 noble vampires, the vampires who try to keep a mask of nobility, who try to look you know like you said like he was doing. So this was the place that was that it was very gothic, it was very dark. But it was still this, you know, beautiful sort of necropolis. Now it's just mess and filth and blood. I'm going to tell you right now. If you're going to have dead bodies and you're just going to be ripping them open and feasting and leaving parts around like they're doing here, there's going to be poop. Because oh, sure. There's going to be a lot of that. All of the, <laughs> all of the stuff in your guts is still there. I guess. I mean, when you die, you evacuate, but yeah. there's still going to be gunk, and this is what this is what they're living in. Ugh. This is what they create things with. This is what they eat. This is how uh, it's just. It never stops being gross. No, it never stops being gross. And I worry even like I'm 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 trying not to be too gross because I know there are people who listen to this and there's younger people you know we we do have dads and moms who listen and their kids sometimes listen just like I would let my kids listen to certain podcasts when I was listening yeah and I don't want to be too nasty but this is nasty there is oh, yeah. no way around there's, there's, this there's no, there's no redeeming features of these guys no <laughs> it's other than other than messing up Nagash's plans. Well, yes, that is a wonderful thing that they do, and we should yeah. thank them for that every day. <laughs> yeah, but this is wonky. Like yeah. it's, oh, I love it. Okay, uh, timeline. Um, oh, here we go. This is uh, when Nagash is part of the Pantheon, and all this stuff happens. And um, after returning from a quest to Shayush's perimeter, inimical, Ushorin launches a brutal campaign against Nagash's servants. 
the beast beneath his princely veneer emerging with each massacre. It takes the cunning of Neferata to capture him and bring his rampage to an end. So he gets back and just start. See, this makes me believe he heard someone was stealing Gravesand. He goes out there and who does he see taking the Gravesand? He he is not privy to this plan. I'm telling you right now. Yeah, doesn't seem like it, right? No, he had no idea. Nagash is working this with Archon, and while Neferata and uh, Manfred, Manfred may know something about it. Yeah. Ushorin doesn't seem to know anything because he hears rumors he goes running off. Then he comes back insane. And, of course, who's stealing Gravesand? Skeletons. Mm-hmm. So he comes back insane saying they're stealing from the boss, starts slaughtering yeah. Nagash's servants. And now, of course, as punishment for his treachery, he is sealed in the Shroud Cage. Within, Whispering Geists shred his sanity, cackling as he loses himself in dreams of false glory. So... This is my question. Was he actually crazy when he came back? No, I don't think so. Think Did he come got... back and see something that Nagash was doing that he was like, wait, what? Yeah, I think so. And he goes, bananas. And so, because he says for his treachery. Now, maybe he was already insane. This is the problem with this part is even mm. in this part where it's just telling the history. Nagash is so petty. Yeah. His treachery could have been anything, but obviously he was killing some of Nagash's peoples, and so anytime you do that, you're on his list. Yeah, which is weird because, I mean, like, like Manfred betrays Nagash all the time, <laughs> and he doesn't get locked in a shroud cage. But Manfred's a known quantity, and it's, it's expected. Yeah, I, I always go back to that, yeah. Ushorin just, like, just suddenly comes back, and just, uh, I mean, who seems to be the ambassador? He's like he was supposed to be like Nagash's like. It says champion. he was his second. He was his it's champion. Like, yeah, it he did was say his champion. Yeah. And, and the thing is, he negotiated more than he killed. It seemed like in the yeah. stories. Yeah. And then he, he comes the, back, just slaughtering Nagash's stuff. I guess I think he's. I think he's like sees what Nagash is doing. He doesn't like it. I'm guess. I mean, we're reading into it here. Yeah. But if you're, if, if I'm, if, 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 you know, for punishment for his treachery, treachery. He does this, whispering geists shred his sanity. Well, was his sanity already? It implies that it wasn't, which means right. that Nagash did this to him, which yeah. is even crazier. God, I love this book. Yeah, I mean, that's 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 so Nagash. Yeah, that's, that's what he it does. Is. This guy sucks. Ah, you act like a crazy person, I'll make you a crazy person. Right, right, <laughs> yeah, I, well, I mean, that's what he always did, did, yeah. did right? Mm-hmm. He makes whatever your thing was that you were, did in life, he makes you punishes right. for you in death. Right? He punishes like they, nurses who help people right, live longer right, because right, they should have come to him, so he gives them scythe arms. He gives them knives for hands. Like, yeah, just, yeah. 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 So, um, upon Thanks. finding this sh- shroud cage, uh, Sigmar destroys it. Yeah. And then, pained by his celestial radiance, Ashoran flees into the shadows. As history burns, he becomes little more than a myth. Yet his delusion seeps like poison through his lineage. Yeah, I think that cage. I have. I wonder if the cage was also sort of limiting his his power. <sighs> I mean, it was like a prison, right? Right. Could it be? In, could it have been kind of keeping some of that insanity in, though? Oh, sure. Yeah, I would think you so. You know, I mean, if hey, if you can hide Slanesh from everybody, yeah, you should be able. I think Nagash could hide one guy. Mm-hmm. You know. So then the Stormcast Eternals show up. We all know what's going on. Uh, yep. The Necroquake happens. Um, yep. What is going on with this story about the Skyport? I don't know. I read that and I was like, 
What is going a on fi- here? A like, figure of red raw flesh standing atop a plateau howls acu- accusations of blasphemy at them. There's something later that is like some of these guys are like praying to the winds or something or that the winds of something. Later in the story, they mention, and I think that's who this is, but they don't like them flying up above these areas. Yeah. Because that's Nagash's. So, uh, this story just gets really. I it don't does even get weird. Know yeah. what's happening. But they do totally go. Um, they, they, the Dwarden fall to the delusion right. at this point. And I was like, you've got to be kidding. Yeah, I didn't like that. That was weird. And yeah. I thought those guys, I thought Dwarden were generally usually magic resistant. And I right. just felt like that was magic. So if it's affecting them, it's 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 crazy. It's strong, yeah. right? Right, right. Um, okay. Um this the king in state here, mm-hmm. the new summer court, right? And Nagash understand. Nagash finds out that he's in this new summer court, and Nagash doesn't like this, uh, because you got Ushorin out there who is unaware of his former rebelliousness, and right. he's like, uh, you know what? I'm might, I'm yeah, gonna twist. Get yeah, yeah. So to keep him contained, he has the Asiarchs construct a barrier of fortified bone around the new summer court. And then the new Lamian vampires come in, and they come in as ambassadors. <laughs> and they're they're in there ambassadoring, making sure he, you know, keeps cool and you know, they're just keep and then meanwhile they're still sneaking his blood out. Yeah, they're sneaking his icor and his whatever. As the, and they're like this I is think they're like they're, I think they're like saying it's like they're like telling him it's like fine, like wine and stuff yeah. that they're exporting, like from his kingdom or whatever. It's like, gosh. Oh yeah, and they all buy into it because they're all bananas. This is a wonderfully evil plan. Yeah. He wait. He doesn't even realize. Like he doesn't remember being punished. He doesn't remember that yeah. he did anything wrong. Okay, I'm going to use this, and <sighs> he and he builds another cage around him. The yeah. Bone Reapers build a wall around his city. Right. I mean. Come on. He does and now he's in a cage he doesn't even realize. And now oh, and this is um I like the charnel rebellion bit. This is where uh the this is back when Teclas beat Nagash. And this is when the OBR and the ghouls were fighting together. Yep. And the OBR yeah. were just throwing all the ghouls in there and then because the, remember the the elves were burning their bodies so they couldn't yeah. take the bones. Right. They were desecrating their own to as not to give up the bones. Um, these guys were just throwing ghouls at it and using their bones. And eventually, one of them, yeah, one of them the- is happy to do it. They're like anything to serve the goodness of Nagash. And the other dude's like, uh, wait a minute. And the one ghoul's like, screw this noise, and fights back. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that was one of the things that helped turn the tide in our favor. I think that's in the that's in the story too. That's, yeah, it's that's, in the story, that's in the Broken Realm story. Yeah. Um. Then you got stories of Grand Justice Gormain mm-hmm. and stuff. It's oh goodness. So there's weird stuff happening, and and somebody is poaching off the Lord's land. So once again, this goes into this feudal nonsense, right? Yeah, yeah. And so uh, Justice Gormain shows up, and I think isn't that the dude with the with the with the guts for a, a wig? I think so. Yeah. And it shows you here he's not just crazy; he's also pretty clever. 
because you know somebody is poaching the Lord's, you know, and you. Re- I mean, back in medieval times, yeah, you, you know, hunt, if you, you couldn't hunt the king's forest, right? Yeah, because those are only for him. You'd be put to death for st- taking one of his, you know. So, what happens? He's out there trying to figure out what's going on. He's like, I got this, and so he has them go kill everybody <laughs> in the town, but not eat them. Yeah. Just leave them there. And suddenly, uh, the as midnight shows up, uh, oh, holes open up in the ground. Yeah. And then gorgers who are tunneling below, the gorgers come up. It's the gorgers who've been stealing stuff. They tunnel up because they smell the free food. Yeah. And as soon as they tuck in and start eating, they get attacked. Yeah. Another fantastic bit of storytelling here. Total justice. <laughs> um, that, now that'd, be a good ba- that'd be a good battle. Now, um, and this is great. So he solves the problem, right? What's the problem? The, someone's been poaching off our lands. Mm-hmm. It's the, At the end of the banquet, Gourmet leaps atop the banquet table, which they do that a lot. They yes. walk around on their food. Yeah. Uh, both kings are innocent of vittle theft, but guilty of allowing wild beasts to steal food from their serfs. Uh, and that's a crime. So they're chained together and hurled into the depths there to purge any other nest of gorgers they find. In the meantime, their subjects and stockpiles of food are seized by the grand justice, compensation for the losses of his own servants. <laughs> There's official justice. He chained these two vampires together. Yeah. And threw them into, or ghoul, you know, ghoul courtiers, threw them into the pit where the gorgers were. And their their punishment is either clear it out, or the gorgers will probably gorgers eat them and they'll get, die. Get, yeah, yeah, they get them. Justice. Um. Oh, and then okay, and then when uh, when Alariel does the rite of life, as we said, it doesn't hurt the ghouls, but it does hurt the undead, right? Yeah. So she does her spell of life, and lo and behold, the wall that the Asiarchs built around the summer uh, summer court falls apart. It can't yeah. stand up to the life magic. So now Ushorn's free to move around. Mm-hmm. And this is where he starts sending out the Marrow Scroll her- Heralds. Yeah. Rally the peasantry. We're starting the War of Red Errantry, and that's where our story is up to right now. Ushorin is going out. Things need yeah, to be set right. Yeah, he's starting to expand his kingdom. It, it, but it, it doesn't feel at all like it's for personal gain. Things aren't right. It has to be set straight. He's still doing the work of Ushorin. Like, yeah, he's doing his own thing. Yeah, but it, it's it's gonna it, be interesting to see what Nagash does if he when he comes back, and there's a shore and like doing his own thing, not doing what Nagash wants. Well, and isn't that a beautiful? Now he can do what he wants and build up some power, not knowing that he's getting away. You know, by the yeah. time Nagash gets back, he's gonna have his foothold in here so firmly planted. Yeah, it's gonna be awesome. Yeah, it's gonna be cool. Okay, um, next section here: the royal household. This just sort of explains the feudal system. Right. You got an abhorrent vampire, right? And then uh, in the chain of being all ghouls acknowledged, these vampires are subordinate only to Ashoran and Nagash himself. 
There's certain courts ruled by councils of abhorrence whose delusions have become aligned, but that's very rare. Okay? Um, most of the times they're very solitary. They do have an inner circle of vampires who share their blood. Okay? And that's like your royal family. Right. Okay? Below that are the monarch courtiers. They often have elaborate titles, but, you know, um, they usually remain pretty consistent. The Baron Gizzard is the first among a monarch's veteran flame masters and monster slayers. Everybody's got to have a big, ridiculous title. Yeah. Lord Liver Belch. Yeah. Well, I love the, like, not just the names, but the titles mm-hmm. that they get are these big. And this is so fun. This sounds like this stuff. In fact, um, I'm trying to think. Did you ever see the movie um, A Knight's Tale with Heath Ledger? Yeah. Yeah. When they would go and announce them, mm-hmm. and not not the guy who plays uh, Vision, the guy who was Chaucer in that, but any yeah. of the guys announcing their their lord, they got to yeah. handing out that long lineage of titles. Mm-hmm. It's it's hysterical to see this huge title given to this blood soaked, <laughs> rabid maniac. weasel looking thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's who they are, and that's their titles. You know, the devout Marquis Gruelsop. It's like, what is happening? Marrow Broth is a paladin and grand marshal. So they have all these weird titles. And though few outsiders realize it, these delusions mirror the experiences of Ushorin. You know, mm-hmm. ruling aberrants are the embodiment of the Carrion King, and all of their kingdoms unconsciously resemble his first kingdom. Mm-hmm. They don't realize it, but they are basically living out the... It's not the delusion of his last life, but the delusion that he might still be in that life. Because nothing is the same as it was, but they're still living in that past. Um, and it says, perhaps this is as it should be. For all the nobility that Ushorin and his devotees sought to portray, inhuman hunger lays beneath every deed. Uh, and honoring these grisly titles, they at least display the virtue of their honesty. Um, uh this is yeah. This is so good, dude. <laughs> I love like a, it. It's like a story we've never really seen before. No, it's something that's. I mean, it's not new, new, mm-hmm. but it's taken what we know and it's given it enough depth and enough explanation that now it makes sense. Yeah, I have the startings of. A, I mean, I had so much vampire count stuff. I have a bunch of. I never play it. Mm-hmm. Because I was never that interested in it, you know? A couple of things and a bunch of ghouls and keep... I'm doing I'm this, I'm like, oh, I may want to go dig some of that stuff out. You do, Yeah, you, you don't have any... Oh, I got a lot. eater court stuff? I do, no. I have I have a bunch of the of the, of the old um, the horrors, mm-hmm. and I've got a couple of zombie dragons and a couple of terror geists. And, oh, really? And I've, Oh, yeah, I had them back when I had them for the Vampire Counts Army. I've never gotten rid oh, of okay. them. And then I won... Um, I won the uh, that contest several years ago from uh, the Black Sun podcast. I won Chris's uh, Vampire Counts Army. And oh, he wow. had all those old metal ghouls. Sure. Like, that's what I've got. I never, yeah, I don't have any regular ghouls. I have old metal ghouls, yeah, and I've got that stuff. I could just get a couple of little bits and bobs here and run this army, and it's, it's tempting as heck because I love mm-hmm. death armies. Yeah. Uh, and this army does everything I love in a death army. It really does. Mm-hmm. So I'm all excited. You know, the only thing I don't have is a hundred zombies running around in it. Yeah. Um, should we talk grand courts? I think we should talk sure. grand courts. There's four sure. of them. Yep. Uh, the Morgaunt. 
These are the super chivalrous guys. These are the nobles, the gallantry, the questing, all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are the most ardent warriors in his uh, errantry war. And these are the guys who are running through desperate to uh, expand Ushorin's empire. But they are, this is, this is the delusion right here. The first one's always the big one, right? Whenever yeah, we do the like books. The, that's yeah. the prototype, right? Now, what about Hollow Morn? What do those guys deal? So these are like knights who like are supposed to like spread their civilization across like the realm, you know, uh-huh. so sort of like the, the questing knights kind of. And yeah, so that's them and that's what they do. Blister skin. Um, they, now first of all, their ancestors were in the realm of fire. So they, and they love the glow of Hish, but all this stuff, basically they were doing great stuff until corn showed up. Mm-hmm. Uh, where once they burnt crops and offerings, they now are consigned the weak and old to the pyres. So they would burn, uh, people as offer. And when that didn't work, they would start throwing themselves in the flames uh, and then the aberrants showed up because all of that smell of cooking meat drew them. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, oh, look, we're saved. <laughs> uh, sure. But their skin's all blackened and burnt. Yeah. And uh, But the death magic in them allowed them to suffer from all of that. So um, these are the guys. These are a lot of the flyers. Yeah, the flying stuff. A lot of the flying stuff and things like that is in is in this army, and then the Gristle Gore is your is your uh, monster menagerie. Monsters. Yep, uh, you could do a legit Gristle Gore army with this. That'd be cool. I was looking at it, and you could do uh, a Ghoul King on a Terrorgeist, a Ghoul yep. King on a Zombie Dragon. Mm-hmm. Then you can do three Terrorgeists or two and a Zombie Dragon, <laughs> man, and then 20, 20 Ghouls. Wow. And that's right up in the 1900s, and okay. you'd have five. You'd have, well, I would have one zombie dragon or two uh, of the five would be zombie dragons, and then one or two, and then the rest would be terror geists, and then you'd have 20 ghouls, and you could totally run that list. And if you if you know how to play it well, so you can still get objectives, that could be pretty brutal. Yeah, it'd be fun. Um, I don't want to go through every single um unit entry. Right here, but I do want to cover some of the important ones. We're probably going to wind up covering most of them, but I mean, yeah. when we get down to the, some of the unit lists, it'll be a little quicker. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ushorin. He's the first one. Uh, that full page picture of him, that picture yeah, that's that really the good. model's great. So uh, I, I wonder if the drawing came first or the model came first. What do you think? I don't know. I think it's models first, isn't it? Is that how Games Workshop rolls? Oh, yeah. I mean, from Somebody what I understand. Somebody designs the miniature, right? Yeah. From what I understand from people who I've heard that work there, don't work there now, but, you know, you've talked to people, is that um, they get pictures of the models that they designed, and then they got to come up with what are these, where'd they come from, and what are their rules, mm-hmm. which seems crazy. Yeah. But I suppose it's also interesting because you can look at that, and that's what gives you your inspiration. The actual, you know, the, the models aren't being inspired by the story. The models are there first, which makes sense, I guess. Yeah. Um, such is the sanity-flaying terror this Lord of Vampires inspires that it's easy to miss the oscillating inflections that fill his wet, ursine voice. Personas donned and discarded like so many masks. He has like a dozen personalities on top of it. His mind is broken. Yeah, he's messed up. Um, at any... 
Ushur, at any moment he may display a ravening blood bloodlust or grisly jocularity. He has lots of personalities, but above all, he is the Carrion King, the paragon yeah. of undeath who demands both fear and joyous reverence from his subjects and who perceives their every horrific deed through the lens of utmost honor. Um, Nagash, he, knows he's, he knows he's a vampire. Oh, yeah, but he pictures himself as, a, yeah. like I said, here's a guy who is a total Nosferatu mm-hmm. at best, right? Big, monstrous, yeah. terrifying to look at, nothing of the human left in him, and he pictures himself like a Lestat. Yeah, that's a good That's a good comparison, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nagash covets Ushoran's service while despising his nature, for though his capacity for deranged innovation has defeated many enemies who pursue the who presume the undead to be predictable, his madness defies the utterly sterile necrotopia he would create. And I love this part. For his part, the Carrion King vociferously declares fealty to Nagash. He is still trying to help the boss. Yeah. Uh, and it's that, and it's it's that, it's that's how Neferatus people talk him into doing what he needs to do. You know, they're there as ambassadors, and they're getting him to do Nagash's will, and he'll do anything the boss wants, I guess. Yeah, although he's sometimes his plans seem to be at odds with Nagash's plan. <laughs> yes, but he, yeah, of course they are. But for the most part, they're drawing his blood and getting things going, at least until he escaped. You know. Yeah. Um, you know, and they talk about his chalice and his um his cloak, and his cloak, and a draped, a moldering cloak of fur, flesh, and severed heads. Nice. And this is this is so fun. Um, the tortured souls of the dead in the cloak comfort him because remember when he was in the cage and he had all the ghouls whispering, uh, tearing his sanity apart. Yeah. Since he ghosts. broke out, he hasn't been hearing them. But now the cloak, because the death energy is so in there, those heads are conscious. <laughs> they are undead heads who are wailing in torture. And it brings him comfort. Yes. As a wacko. Yeah, because he's hearing the voices in his heads again. Those are the voices that gave him comfort in the cage, apparently. We actually tortured him, but now he sees them as comforting. It's, you know. I mean, how many hundreds of years was he in there? Yeah, we don't know. And constantly the voices in his head. You get used to it. When the voices stop, you'd be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, but his most potent trait is his ability to unravel reality, supplanting it with his delusions. Um, yeah. He draws mortals to him like a blood-dripping star, supplicants who swear loyalty even as their minds and bodies disintegrate. Gosh, oh, this is so great. Uh, okay, now we've got some new characters. Sovereigns and arch regents. At the heart of every cannibal court is an abhorrent monarch known as a ghoul king or queen. Though infamous for the horrific violence they meet out single-handedly, they have had a, dis- a bizarre sense of honor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and above, even the kings and queens, both in raw strength and own reverence, are the arch regents. They are the vampiric emperors. So, yeah, you've got your ghoul kings, and those can be in charge. We've talked about the aberrant ghoul kings, but when a legit vampire shows up, the vampire emperors and empresses, the ghoul kings are subjugated to them. 
Yeah. And here's Grand Justice Gourmet. And you know, the first time I looked at that picture, it was like, oh, it's a wig. And then I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah. That's not saw, a bloody I, wig. It's yeah, yeah. just pink intestines. Yeah. The first thing I saw was the miniature. I was like, what is going on here? I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, most abhorrence seem. Oh, here's an interesting thing. Um, he was once a criminal himself. A noble of the new summer court accused of assassinating his sire before escaping imprisonment. Imprisonment upon his capture, Ushorin demanded to know how he escaped. And the Mortar was astounded when Gourmet revealed he had discovered secret tunnels thanks to a former inmate's scrawlings upon the cell walls. And why is that? Most abhorrents see mortal writing as gibberish. In a moment of lucidity, Ushorin recognized the value of the vampire's proficiency with the elder tongues. So this is what he did. Ushorin is like, oh, you can read? Okay, yeah. good. Yeah, you can communicate with somebody like in actual languages. Perfect. Yeah. And he doesn't kill him for any things he did. Uh, Gourmet exists in torment. Some quirk of his curse sees him afflicted by flashes of sanity. Mm. But to show undue clemency in enforcing his horrific laws, most mortal kind would see him condemned as a traitor. To survive, he's buried himself in his madness, throwing himself into this monstrous role. This is... his curse is sometimes he knows what he actually is. Yeah. And it's hopefully terrifying for, hopefully for, to hopefully him. Hopefully for his sake, he forgets right away. Um, it's, is it, isn't that bizarre? Yeah. Uh, Marrow Scroll heralds, if you fall under their madness or incur their immediate wrath, <laughs> uh, arcane derangements can burst forth, crushing your mind. Um, these guys bring the word of Ushorin, and if you don't hear it, they will break your brain. Right. Um, we, we've met those guys before. Mm-hmm. Then you've got the Cardinals. These are new. Yeah. Uh, sometimes they'll show a mark of divine favor to prevent these vampires seizing power through the acclamation of devout serfs. Their sires give them to the Cardinal Order. And Aberrant must make a pilgrimage to the new summer court and drink the summer king's ichor and spittle from his sacred chalice. Only those of unshakable faith can endure the resulting convulsions, and in doing so, they gain an unconscious ability to shape the delusions of ghouls around them. So they gain his power by drinking his blood. I mean, this is a straight shot into the chalice, and then they drink it. Mm -hmm. So these guys can manipulate reality better than anyone but Ashurin in the list, and uh, they, they go for it. And then the Gore Wardens. These are new. Yeah. Natural predators able to identify vulnerability at a glance and lead their swarm to capitalize upon it. Um, all those bones around them, you know, uh, he's basically tasked them with protecting the lands. And that's what they do. They're, they're, they're that not the role of the serfs, not the role of the lords, but the knights out there on the land, sort of. The guys who are out there protecting what's going on. Yeah, they're supposed to be like the kind of like the guys who would ride around like the Lord's kingdom, like enforcing like the law and yeah. stuff like that. Like knights sheriff knights or errant and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's what, and those bones around the neck that you see that, that, that uh, the, he thinks of those as keys. Yeah. The warden's keys. Oh, these are such great stuff. It's so mm, nonsense. Mm, mm, mm. Um, what else do we have in here? We've got Crypt Gas Courtiers, Crypt Haunter Courtiers. Okay. Um, Crypt Gasts. They're the lowliest nobles. They're like basically ghouls who have made good. Mm-hmm. The Crypt Haunter Courtiers are Crypt Haunters that are now there. Um, 
They have been utterly transformed by necromantic energies, barely recognizable as the the degenerate humans they once were. So this, yeah. So when you see how much larger the the crypt haunts are, the crypt horrors are. The crypt horrors, yeah. Yeah. This is a crypt horror who's become a hero level character. Um, Yeah. They're enormous, and that's from how they're made. And that's one of the things I liked about this. Mm-hmm. Is they go through and they explain in some of these units how they're created, right? And it's not just drinking the blood. Like they, some of these guys, they drink like they drink the blood, but they get something else, and they, um, they get huge, and they get buff, and they get regen. You know, right? Uh, the crypt infernal courtiers, you must consume their blood mist with drag drake flesh. So the crypt infernals are the ones who get the wings. Yes, they're the flying dudes. Because they're drinking his blood while eating dragon, and that makes them suddenly transform. Sprout, yeah, sprite wings. Yeah. Um, to be permitted to touch a Crypt Infernal's wings is a blessing amongst ghouls, though any who approach them without permission uh, risk being messily devoured. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Um, the Vargulf is a creature in which the boon of a Shoran runs deep, and oh boy, the Vargulf model. Yeah, the new the new one is so good. It's so cool. They are vampires, but they are right. more bestial than any, even the abhorrents. Uh, the serfs, the serfs, and the serfs make up like two units basically. It's the ghouls and the other ghouls. Because I went to look like what are the serfs? Because there are some rules that deal with serfs, and the serf units are crypt guard. And Crypt Ghouls, and then the Royal Beast Flayers. Yeah. That's it. But the serfs look at the Vargos as the holiest, because those guys, I mean, look at them. I mean, they have completely devolved. They are bat-like. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are, they, they are the pure warriors. That's how the, the yeah, they, serfs... They mentioned they're divine paladins. Yeah. Only righteous battle can entice a Vargolf to quit their abode. It's like, yep, only righteous battle. But that model's so good. Yeah, it's really cool. Uh, Crypt Guard. Now, they are the elite formations that are serf. So, and then remember, they see themselves as serfs. They see themselves as the peasants who are working the land. Yeah, so the Crypt Guard are the soldiers, right? With the weapons. Yeah, they are the elite. A serf can earn a place where worthy deeds are done. The most profound reward, however, is a chance for them to earn a weapon from the monarch's private armory. Right. Now... I know people didn't like that because they're always supposed to be fighting with bones, and they think the bones are weapons. So why do these guys need special weapons? But it's sort of a trial. This is a test to get into the Crypt Guard sort of ranks. And that stuff's been sitting on dead bodies. The, the, the blade, as it starts to rust, all of that dead body nonsense and the poisons and the yuck are all on those blades. Mm-hmm. Those these blades are as lethal as as Nurgle blades. It seems like, yeah, you know. Uh, except instead of making you sick or making you covered in pus, it will actually spread Ushorin's gift. Yeah, they probably got like this the the icor and the blood on them, you know. Right, and I think that's great. I think that's a really cool thing that these are the elite. These are the ones who are going to you know turn people around or or get them going. Um. Oh. The Morbeg Knights, okay. These guys are awesome. <laughs> they are. 
It says, uh, few ghouls have the presence of mind to ride Beast of War, but those who do join the Morbeg Knights. They are bat-like monstrosities known as Night Shriekers. So I don't know what Morbeg comes from. Those are Night Shriekers they're riding. These aberrations are of the line of Morbeg, God Beast Father to the Great... Oh, yeah, that's right. That's what it comes So the God Beast Father to the Great Bats of Yore. Now we have stories for Terror Geists, you know, mm-hmm. and they're connected. They talk about this... Um, they say, oh, and these guys, because um, they came from a god beast, which is a giant bat, um, you think of the god beasts for the dragons, and they think of it the same way. They think they, they look at uh, the feats of Sigmar and Dracothian are ignored by ghouls. An instinctive connection exists between their descendants. One predator guy. So basically, um, these guys see them. Uh, flying around on their bats the same as uh, Sigmar's boys riding around on, on dragons. Yeah, I think they're also kind of like the Pe- you know, Pegasus Knights, you know? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, there may once have been a Stygian nobility to Morbeg spawn, but as the megafauna they par- uh, parasitically fed upon were hunted to extinction, so did the bat beast wither. While the largest perished, their reanimated corpses became grisly terror geists. Mm. And the night shriekers slung into deep caves and collapsed keeps scavenging courses. So um, the Morbeg is the god beast of bats. Right. As these things lived, uh, some of them basically they, they ate. They're too stupid to not eat up all of their own food supply. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so they started to die. Um, when they died, they came back as terror geists. So now, so terror geists are more big knights that are large, that are large enough, old enough, and then die. Yeah. Um, pretty cool. Uh, smaller ones, smaller ones. Yeah, exactly. Um, became these things. Yeah. Night Shrieker's most fearsome weapon is his voice. A terror geist can only screech as violent enough to kill. These beasts emit bursts of maniacal screech like laughter. As a result of ingesting blood lace with Ashorn's curse, the Night Shrieker's screams carry the curse of madness. Few ghouls can approach a Night Shrieker without becoming the next meal for captivity grants them a ravenous <laughs> appetite. So these guys' screams just push forward Ushorin's madness. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's wonderful because we don't yeah. have enough doing that. Now this thing's scream can just drive you crazy. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, and the majority of them view them as pegasi. Yeah. The Daughters of Life Marsh view their mounts as huge arthropods, while the lances of the Gilded Drake swear they ride Reptilian children of the Kothian. Wow. Uh, Morbeg Knights are pretty cool. And now we know where these things come from, where we get terror geists in these things. I like that they've just sort of told us where this stuff comes from. What is this actually, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we talk about crypt ghouls and crypt horrors. Crypt horrors are created when a ghoul performs a feat of arms so worthy of renown they are permitted to sup from their lieges private reserves of wine, which is the blood. Right, and they get bigger. Um, ghouls who perv worthy get the blood, and then they uh, they start to grow. <laughs> yeah. They get much bigger from all of that. Um uh, to crypt horrors, the sharpened bones they clutch are sturdy blades, and bloody hunks of meat are tokens of favor granted by the fairest members of the court. <laughs> um, quick uh, crypt flayers, they're the ones who get to eat, uh, is presumed to consume the flesh of terror geists and other creatures. So they can fly. Yeah. 
Uh, they become enveloped in a fleshy cocoon of pulsating skin and muscle, and when a Crypt Flayer tears free, it's crazed with hunger. Oh, and now we know what Crypt Flayers is. And then the Royal Beast Flayers. Uh, ghouls have their cliques and figures of roguish renown. So it is with the Royal Beast Flayers. Uh, and then they have the Flame Masters, which are vampires who are good hunters. And then they've got uh, ghouls that are, you know, trackers. And then mm-hmm. they got awful hounds. Ghouls overwhelmed by bestial magic until they devolve into slavering abominations. Somewhere between a hunting hound, a cave bat, and a monstrous simian. Right. So those are the, uh, the that's the uh, war the war cry war band. I think. Yeah. Uh, can you only have one in your army, or can you have multiples of that? In I think your you army? could have multiples of those. Because I think all the war cry war bands, you can take multiples right. because they're not really yeah. named characters at all. In fact, right. Uh, right. What were they called? The. Um, not crib. More bit. No, not Royal Beast Flayers. It just yeah. says ten for one fifteen. There is yeah. nothing that says you can only have one of them. So, right, right. there you go. Uh, and that's 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 all the the units and the listings. We've kind of covered the lore in a in a quick hour and a half. So yeah, that's good. Good for us. Mm-hmm. Um, I suppose you might as well just take another break and then come in and start on. The rules, because oh boy, they've got some. Oh, I'm, dude, I'm so excited about this book. I really yeah, am. It's, it's really cool. All right, uh, quick break, and we'll be back. All right. There's always something happening at Grognards. That's right, friends. Grognard Games in Roselle, Illinois, the premier stop. For your gaming needs in Northeast Illinois. If you're in the Chicagoland area, if you're in Southeast Wisconsin, if you're anywhere in the area, Grognards is the place for you. They've got board games, they've got card games, they've got all the models you could ever want for any of your miniature war games. They have so many lines of paints, I can't even keep track of it. They've expanded the store, they have a whole huge gaming area now. There is gaming every night. There is always something going on. I just can't tell you enough about Grognards. Why? Because they're awesome. Because they're fantastic. And because they are the best friendly local gaming store that I know of. So, do yourself a favor. Come on down to Grognards in Roselle, Illinois. If you can't get down to Grognards, give them a call. They do mail order. They do shipping. You can get your stuff from them whether you live five minutes away or five hours away because Grognards delivers. They deliver the goods. They deliver the fun. They deliver everything. And that's because there is always something happening at Grognards. We're back. Hey. All right, um, battle traits. All right, now you got to be one of the grand courts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there, once again, rules for these guys, really simple. Uh, it makes more sense a little later, but we might as well just cover them now. Um, oh, you know what? No, let's talk about some of this stuff because noble deeds and stuff are some of the bonuses here. So let's actually go through and, and cover this stuff. But you can be either Morgaunt, Hollowmorn, Blister Skin, or Gristle Gore, okay? Yeah, yep. Um, all flesh eater court units have a six up ward. Yeah, deathless courtiers. Yep. Uh, noble deeds. This is I like this. This is new. 
It's new, and I, I like how it works. It, it it incorporates some of the stuff they could do before, but now mixes it with new stuff and makes it all once again. Everything just seems to go together better mm-hmm. in, with this book. Um, every time, okay, so every time a hero casts a spell that's not unbound, they that hero gets a noble deed point. Every time a hero chants a prayer and it's answered, they get a noble deed point. Mm-hmm. Every time a hero fights after all the attacks have been resolved, give that hero a number of noble deed points equal to the number of wounds and or mortal, mortal wounds caused by that hero that were allocated to enemy units. So allocated means after all the saves. Right. Okay. Do not count wounds or mortal wounds caused by that hero's mount. So you get a point for casting a spell. You get a point for uh, chanting a prayer. And you get a point for every model or every wound you caused. Right. Okay. Each Flesh Eater Court hero can have a maximum of six noble deed points at any one time. You just can't go beyond six. Okay. That's what you need to know. Now, what else happens in here? Um, it's weird that all of a sudden they drop that stuff. Like th- these are all the points you can get, but they don't explain what you can do with the points till a yeah. little later. Till a little later, yeah. Uh, let's keep going with this though. Uh, plus one attack for melee weapons. Oh, here, right here, the next one. Okay. Uh, friendly flesh eater courts wholly within twelve inches of any hero that has six noble deed points. Yeah, plus one attack. Plus one attack for melee weapons. Pretty good. Yeah. So once you get up to once you get your hero up to six, which, I mean, if you if you do six wounds, which a lot of these guys can easily do six wounds yeah. against a Tim, suddenly everyone else gets plus one attack. Even if you don't have the points, I would fight with this guy first to try to get those points. Yeah, you got to get. See, I guess you have to get into combat to to take advantage of that stuff and. You know. But that's what this army wants to do. Yeah. This army not, this army wants to run forward and get into combat. Right. They, but it's always it's but it's always risky in this game to throw your heroes in. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because then they just get uh, whacked. Not too t- I mean, not really though. A, a decent hero, you're gonna put him with your unit. He's gonna go mm-hmm. and he's gonna fight. You know, if you're picking battles, you're not gonna send him up against a big guy. You wanna do a lot of wounds. You're gonna send him up against some some you know a, a couple of scrubs here and there, maybe you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then suddenly you've got your six, and everyone with wholly within twelve. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Um. Here's another one. At yeah, the end of your movement, spend your points. Yeah. Muster your guard at the end of your movement phase. Each friendly courtier can spend one of their noble deed points to return one slain model to a friendly serfs unit within ten inches. Mm-hmm. Or two. Of their noble deeds to return a slain model to a knight unit within 10 inches. You can use this ability multiple times each turn as long as the required noble deed points are available. So if you've got a bunch of characters and they've got these noble deed points, one point puts back a serf, which as we said are... A ghoul or a, cri- a guard. Yeah, a crypt ghoul or a crypt uh, crypt guard. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, the knights are the... Are the bigger models, the crypt uh, horrors? Yeah, crypt horrors and crypt flayers are considered knights, which I thought was interesting. Like they aren't they're big as a mount, so I guess that works. Yeah, uh, more big knights are obviously knights. I don't think any of the characters have a knight. No, I don't think keyword. No. Even the ones who are. I'm just looking to make sure. What about the guys writing? Nope. Uh, even if you're writing a terror geist or a zombie dragon, you don't get the knight keyword. So it's 
More Bag Nights, Crypt Flares, and Crypt Horrors. So two points can bring back one of those, which seems like a really good deal. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so that's you can spend your points on. Now, at the end of your movement phase, also, each friendly abhorrent, it has to be abhorrent, can spend six of their noble deed points. So you have to be at six and spend it all. Pick a friendly surf or night unit that has been destroyed and add a new replacement unit identical with half the models from the unit rounding up. So uh, three-pack of horrors, you get back two. Your Mm -hmm. 20-pack of ghouls, you get back ten. They tell you where you got to set it up. Each destroyed unit can only be replaced once. Replacement units cannot be replaced. Remaining models not set up as part of the replacement unit count as having been slain and can be returned to the replacement unit using the muster guard ability or the rally command. So if I had a unit of 20 ghouls and I bring them back and I get 10, Mm -hmm. I can use all of these things we've talked about, like the muster guard to spend points uh, or rally, and I could bring that back up to the full 20. Yeah. Can any other army do that? No. I mean, can you call back a destroyed unit of zombies? Can they, can they do yeah, that? Yeah, you can. You can raise anything that's summonable. You can bring them back uh, within at, at half a range strength, of a right? hero, range of a hero or a gravesite at half strength. But there's no growing them back to full strength. No. That's crazy. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah, that's cool. And we've gone through most of the battle traits, and they're all tied to these noble deeds. You're going to mm-hmm. have a bunch of characters, and you're going to want to get them stuck into combat. Yeah. Um. Now, they also have the Courts of Delusion. This is interesting. Okay. Um, basically, at the in the first battle round, after you got your command points, but before the start of your first turn, pick one of these delusions to apply for the whole battle. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm assuming if you're going to a tournament, you just have to have this picked and on your list. I would think so. Um, but so, these are good. Yeah, they're all You want to really run through good. these pretty cool? Because picking yeah. one of these is great. and It's the whole battle. Yeah, so there's five of these. Royal Hunt. Add one to wound rolls for attacks made by friendly flesh air courts units that target a monster. Okay. Cool. Uh, Crusading Army. Add one to run rolls and charge rolls for friendly fresh air courts. Okay. That's it. Plus one to run Defender. and charge straight for all yeah. friendly flesh eater courts units. That is so good. Yeah. Uh, Defenders of the Realm. Add one to save rolls for friendly fresh air courts units while they are contesting an objective that you control. So you have to, for that to be any good, you have to control the objective and have them stay on it. Right. And then they get the better uh, save. Okay. Grand Tournament, add one to hit rolls for attacks made by friendly fresh other courts, heroes that are not a general, if they made a charge. So like jousting, kind of. Yeah, plus one to hit when you charge yeah. for the mm-hmm. heroes. That works. Yeah. And the Feast Day, the Feeding Frenzy ability applies to friendly flesh other courts units while they're wholly within a foot. Of any friendly heroes that have four or more noble deed points instead of six. Now that's really good. That's cool. Um, I see why you get to pick it after they receive their command points because in this you get to start the game and look it over. Because if I've got a, if someone's playing a monster mash, I'll take a royal hunt, but I wouldn't want that any otherwise. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That feast day one is really good though. Getting the plus one attack for all your units within a foot mm-hmm. for four point noble deed points. You don't even need to max out. You can yeah. go to six, spend two, and bring a model back, and still it'll still be working. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like that all of this is just completely built around getting these points and getting these points by getting in there and killing. Yeah, you have to get in there and start fighting. But 
everything we've read in the book, that's all they do, right? They just mm-hmm. hunt people down and then kill them and eat them. Yeah. So why would they play any different? A kudos mm-hmm. to them for making all of this tied to these extra points that you mm-hmm. only get if you're stuck in. Right. I mean, you can build them up slowly if you can cast a couple of spells or say a prayer, but uh, nothing beats just getting tucked in, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so they have two heroic actions. You wanna yep. you wanna cover these? Yep. So they got rousing oration. Pick a friendly flesh hero quartz hero. Roll a die for each other friendly flesh hero quartz. You know, other than a foot of the hero. For each five up, give a noble deeds point to that hero. So rousing oration. So every unit wholly within twelve is hearing him. Yeah. So he gets to roll a die for each unit wholly within twelve, and every five up, boom! You've you've convinced him. That's great. Yeah, that's every anytime you can do a heroic action, you can do that. Mm-hmm. And what's the uh, other one? Scent of blood. Pick a friendly flesh or records hero and roll a die. On a three up, you can make a d6 inch move with that hero, but must finish that move more than three inches from all enemy units and closer to an enemy unit that has any wounds allocated to it. So you can like get a free move basically in your hero phase. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the terror geist and the zombie each get a uh, they got a a rampage. Yep. Um, well, I mean, for, yeah, either. So the first one, pick an enemy unit that has a wounds character of two or less, and within three inches of this unit, and roll a die. On a three up, they take D three mortal wounds, and for each mortal wound you did that they they didn't negate, you heal a wound. Mm-hmm. That's actually not bad. Yeah, it's cool. Like either two or less, you're right next to me. Okay, on a three up, you take D3 mortal wounds, and however many you take, I heal. Works. Right. Yep. Uh, and then the blood-curdling shriek, pick an enemy within three inches of this unit and roll a die on a three up, minus two bravery until the end of the turn. Yeah. I think that's going to come. There's a lot of things in here, especially with that uh, the stupid choice, because I, I, it feels like they changed the rules a bit for the mm-hmm. the guy who gives offers you the scroll. Yeah. Weren't the scroll rules different when that first came out? Uh, you know, I'm not sure. I feel like they were, like, because you had two choices, but I thought you could work off one, like, work off the insanity or something like that. Like, if you mm. took one, you could get rid of the insanity points, and now it doesn't seem like you can. Uh, all right. Um, so that's the basic, that's the rules for this army. It's all mm. about getting in there, getting killed, getting those command points, and then... Healing units, bringing back units, giving units bonuses, um, because once again, they're pseudo undead who are completely uh, part of the will of the vampires. Right, and so it totally makes sense what's happening. I, I like it a lot. Uh, you want to talk uh, uh, command traits? Sure. So there are uh, abhorrent general only ones, courtier general only ones. And uh, so abhorrent generals, uh, they have shadowy obfuscation. Uh, is generals not visible to enemy miles or more than a foot away from them. Uh, feverish scholar, add one to casting, dispelling, unbinding for this general. And this general has six noble deeds points. Add two to casting, dispelling, and unbinding roles for this general, which is wow. cool. Yeah. Uh, and then master of the menagerie. Uh, when using the summon loyal subjects battle trait, you can pick a friendly fleshy records monster that is not a hero that has been destroyed. And instead of a unit of serfs or knights, set up a replacement unit as described in the battle trait and allows allocate six wounds to that replacement monster. Yeah. 
Uh, they can bring a, bring a monster back. My favorite is the plus two to casting, dispelling, and unbinding rolls when you get yeah, up to six cool. noble D points. That's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know about the not being visible to models that are more than 12 inches away. And the only reason I say that is because half of the rules for the heroes in this book is get right up there and fight. Yeah. So they won't be able to shoot me, but by the end of turn one or turn two, I want to be tucked in anyway mm-hmm. with these guys. So I guess it might be defend on, you know, the, like your area, like who's, you know, who you're playing with, like that kind of thing. You have, you have a lot of, you know, like Cruel Boys players in your little group. You might want to take that. Right. I mean, it's an abhorrent general, so it could be a lot of things. But, I mean, it just it's another thing where it's good while I'm not near it, but the whole point of this army is to get near it. So mm-hmm. it's only going to be useful for a bit, whereas the, the um, getting six noble deed points and suddenly getting two and you get the plus one to cast this i mean it's that, that i think that that one is just really good mm-hmm. uh what about the courtier generals so you've got stronger in madness uh, add two to this general's wound characteristic while the general has six noble deed points they can have a ward of five plus that's not bad no, that's cool um cruel taskmaster if this general uses the Muster guard ability to return models to a unit. Reduce the noble deeds cost of each return model by one. Or if the cost is already one, you can bring back one additional model instead. So, let's see. Reduce the cost of the... So, the the one you have to pay two for, for the knights. Yeah. You get, one. you get knights back up for one. Or if the cost is already one, bring back an additional model instead. So, is that right. for each point you spend or just I, one additional model in total? I think it's an additional model because you get two for one. Yeah, so it's just for every point you spend, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Uh, then Savage Beyond Reason. Does it read? I don't know. I feel like it says if you use the Muster Guard ability. So we know what mm-hmm. the Muster Guard ability is. You can put the models back. You get one for one point, and you get this for two. Reduce it by one, or if it's already one, bring back one additional model. It just seems like one additional model total. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I I'd spend. I could spend six to bring back twelve. Yeah, I and mean, that seems like I don't know. It seems like I mean, if you can, you can. I just, it, I, it, I'm not certain if it reads that way. That's I'm confused, but that's yeah. just me. Well, I'm, I'm sure we'll. I'm sure us. we'll get an FAQ. I can't be the only person who had that question. Right. Uh, if you don't mind for a hit roll for an attack made with a melee weapon, with general six attack scores two hits instead of one, or if he has six noble deeds points, his attack scores three hits instead of two. Once again putting all of this stuff on those noble deeds. These guys have to believe this delusion. They have to be a part of this daring noble quest and yeah. and, and uh, keeping up that image is everything. I just think it's fascinating how they keep working it in here like this. Uh, okay, so... Uh, artifacts of power? Artifacts. Uh, Abhorrent Hero. The Royal Treasury. Uh, minus two bravery for enemy units within nine inches. Um, with the way some of these abilities work, that's actually pretty good. Uh, also, the Blood River Chalice, once per battle, use the artifact, heal two D3 wounds. That's pretty good. Once per battle at the start of the combat phase, the bearer can use this artifact, plus one attack for melee weapons used by the bearer and their mount. I like the minus two bravery, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. It's cool. The two D three heal is good, but you can get two. 
mm-hmm. you know, just as easily as you can get six. So, and like I said, I but I like the minus bravery because there are there is stuff that happens in here and things you can do that that are affected by people's bravery. So, now that's an abhorrent hero, the courtier heroes. Um, these I feel like these could all be good. Yeah. Uh, the bearer gets the priest keyword. Oh, suddenly you can do that. That's good. Reroll charge rule rolls for friendly flesh eater quartz units wholly within twelve. That's not <laughs> that's, bad either. That's really good. And then once per battle round, you can issue a command without spending the point, and you're treated if you were a gen- as if you were a general when you do so. So you get all the extra space. Mm-hmm. All of these can be really good. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's just kind of crazy. Now we get to the spell lore. They got one spell lore. Lore of badness. It's got three spells, all of which cast on a six. Yeah. Uh, miasmal shroud. You want shroud? I mean, you want to take it? Sure. Yep. Miasmal shroud is a spell that has cast on a six, range of eighteen. Successfully cast, pick an enemy unit within range invisible to the caster. Roll at six dice. If two or more of the dice share the same value. The unit suffers a moral wound. If three or more dice share the same value, subtract one from hit rolls for attacks made by that hero. Remember that unit until your next hero phase. In addition to the previous act, if four or more dice have the same value, strike one from wound rolls for attacks made by that unit to your next hero phase. In addition to the previous acts, if the casting roll is ten or more, roll eight dice instead of six. And each yep. effect can only be triggered once, even if there's more than one set of dice with the same value. So that's kind of a lot of so if a you lot get going two, on there. Two of a kind will give you um, a mortal wound. You'll you yeah the the unit. Wait a minute. Yeah, pick yeah. an enemy unit. So. Two or more dice match, the unit takes a mortal wound. Three or uh-huh. more dice match, minus one to hit. Yeah. And four or more dice, they take a mortal wound, are minus one to hit, and then are minus one to wound as well. Mm-hmm. And eight dice, it's easy to get. It's much easier to get four of a kind on eight dice. Oh, yeah. If the casting roll is a 10. By the way, every one of these gets a bonus if the casting roll is 10 or more. Yeah. Uh this goes right back to the to the Soul Blight Gravelords had that. And so did mm-hmm. the uh so did the Night Haunt. Do the Night Haunt have that too? Yeah, the Night Haunt had if, oh, you, if yeah. you if you get a certain casting role you got to do uh like you get to attack right away. Right, right, right. Or something like that. Yeah, they've all got that. It's pretty cool and it just just seems to be in the death armies. Hmm. Uh deranged transformation. This is this one has a range of twenty four inches. Pick a friendly unit wholly within range and visible that has a wounds characteristic of seven or less until your next hero phase. Plus two to the movement and plus one to wound rolls. If the roll was ten or more, you can pick up to three different friendly units to be affected by this spell instead of one. That's cool. That's like, yeah. Pick a the long unit. range of that is awesome. Yeah, twenty-four inch range. Picking wholly within range, invisible car- wounds characters seven or less. Plus two to their move and one to wound rolls. Yes. So if they're already fighting, they're plus one to wound, and yeah. if they're not. You just made them able to get into combat. That's a great yeah. spell. Yeah. Uh, what about the last one? Crimson, uh, Crimson Victuals. Crimson Victuals is a spell that has a casting of a six, range of 18. Successfully cast, pick an enemy within range of the caster and a friendly flesh air course unit that has a wounds characters of one and is within six inches of an enemy unit. That enemy unit suffers D3 mortal wounds. Then for each mortal wound that was caused to the unit, enemy unit not negated, you can return one slain model to the friendly unit. Uh, if it's 10 or more, enemy unit suffers 2d3 mortal wounds instead of d3. 
My only problem with this spell is I've got to be in range to cast it, and then I got to pick a unit that's within six inches of an enemy unit. Mm-hmm. Like then you got to roll a d three. Then you roll the d yeah two d three if it's a ten or more. But still, that's just this is this one is kind of my least favorite. I mean, I I suppose unless you really can get if you can get it off on a ten against a uh, uh, like a a hero character, mm-hmm. you know, a basic six wound hero that might be good. But other than that, I like the other two better. Yeah. But they all go off on a six. That's so good. Yeah. Um. What else? We got prayers. We got mount traits. And then we yep. got the grand courts and grand strategies. Let's look at all this stuff. Uh, rites of delusion. Bless this meal. This, uh, <laughs> all these prayers go off on a three. All of them have an 18-inch range. Okay? Pick an enemy unit within range. Each time a model from that enemy unit, uh, a model from that enemy unit is slain, you can heal a wound allocated to a friendly flesh-eater courts unit within six. That's not bad at all. Mm-hmm. Um, prayer that goes off on a three and... I get I get back models when I wound his. The, yeah. the shift in that is so powerful. I mean, even if it's just three or four models, boom, 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 boom. Suddenly the tide really shifts. Uh, what's the next one? Uh, Summer King's Favor. Summer King's Favor is a prayer that has answer of three, range of 18. If answered, pick a friendly flesh hero courts hero wholly within range, invisible to the chanter. Tell your next hero phase that hero gains one additional noble deeds point each time they slay an enemy model. So you only have to kill three models to suddenly be fully fully uh, charged with that. Mm-hmm. And then now you're fully charged and everyone around you is getting an extra attack. Right. Again, this book really pushes for you to have your heroes fight first, too. <laughs> yes, it does. To lead from the front, from example. It's pretty great. Yeah. Uh, last one is Charnel Conviction. Um, pick a friendly unit wholly within range. Five up ward till your next hero phase. Mm-hmm. So that one's not bad either. Um, yeah, I like that one. Yeah. Mount traits. Now, the zombie dragons and the terrorgeist each get their own mount, mount traits. Uh, for zombie dragons, you can um, plus one rend on its pestilential breath, plus one to hit for friendly flesh eater quartz monsters wholly within 12 inches of the zombie dragon. And you can set it up uh, in space as well. You can right. choose a mount trait that you can set it up in in, in the skies. Mm-hmm. That's everything for the zombie dragons. What do the terror guys have? So they've got a plus one characteristic attack with its fang maw. Um, it can heal 2d3 instead of d3 with its royal blood ability. That's and, actually really good. Yeah, and then it can retreat and charge later in the turn. Terror guys are kind of awesome. Mm-hmm. I feel like they're better than zombie dragons. Hmm. I mean, zombie dragons can do some damage, but these guys have all sorts of cool things they can do. I don't know. I just like the terror guys personally. Yeah. Um, once again, all of these are decent abilities. There's nothing in here that kind of sucks so far. Uh, Grand Courts. Uh, if you're Morgon, plus one noble deed for each hero at the end of the turn if the hero is contesting an objective. That's cool. It's great if you're near objectives. This does, to get your bonus, you have to chain them to an objective mm-hmm. um, for those bonus noble deed points. But maybe you're just next to a contesting objective with some ghouls next to you, mm-hmm. and suddenly that pops you up to six, and now they get an extra attack for that unit of 20, which is, once again, if they're all piled in, 20 extra attacks. Yeah, it's a lot. 
Uh, Hollow Morn. This is for knights. Uh, plus one damage if you charge. Yep. Um, Blister Skin, Friendly Abhorrence gain the priest keyword, but you can't cast spells and chant prayers in the same phase. Um, if you've got a lot of characters, this one could be really good, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw the prayers. They're all going to know prayers. Maybe you're not, Maybe I'm playing against uh, someone who is just shutting down my magic phase. You know? Yeah. Just you go with, yeah, just use uh, chanting instead. Yeah. And then you've got these prayers happening, so... I don't know. I just think if you have a lot of characters that, you you know, a bunch of them are already wizards. Now they're also, you've got just basically access to all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, oh, you can't do that one and that. So whoever chants prayers can't do a spell that turn. Well, big deal. I got to, you know, it's great. Yeah. Uh, last one is Gristle Gore. At the start of your combat phase, pick a monster on the battlefield. Strike first. So this is, once again, uh, at the start of your... Com- so you can do it at every one of your combat phase. You can give one of your monsters strike first. If I was playing, like I said earlier, with five uh, terror geists, I would definitely play Gristle Gore yeah. and every turn get some first strike going because those things can deal out some damage. Yeah, it's only in your combat phase, though, which is kind of lame. Yeah, but it's, you know, it's something. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to discuss the grand strategies and battle tactics? Yeah, I just got to scroll through the Path to Glory <laughs> stuff real quick. Okie doke. <laughs> uh, here we go. Grand strategies. There are three. Uh-huh. Uh, legendary exploits. On the battle ends, you complete this grand strategy. If there are three heroes on the battlefield that each have six noble deed points. That seems difficult. Hmm. You, you gotta think have, you're going to want to use them? you got to have... Well, you're going to want to use them, plus you got to have three heroes alive at the end, and they all got to be juiced. They can't be yeah. some guy sitting in the back trying to live. Mm-hmm. They've all got to be juiced. Right. So that's why that one seems rough for me, personally. But, okay, what else is... What's next? So you've got to expand the kingdom. When this battle ends, you complete this grand strategy. If a friendly abhorrent is wholly within enemy territory, and the enemy general is not wholly within enemy territory. Which means I either got to shove him out or kill him. Mm-hmm. And then what's uh, the last one? Defend the throne. When the battle ends, you complete this grand strategy. If a friendly carnal throne is on the battlefield, it is garrisoned by a friendly fleshy course hero, and there are no enemy units within six inches of it. Oh, it's again another one that might be really difficult to do. Mm-hmm. So none of these seem too easy. Right. What do we got for battle tactics then? Because I so think that's it. Battle tactics, and then we're going to get into the, we're going to get into some units here. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So screamed to death. Uh, pick an enemy unit on the battlefield. You complete this battle tactic. Uh, if that unit is destroyed this turn by attack made with a missile weapon used by a friendly crypt player's unit, crypt infernal courtier or royal terror guys. These are so specific. It just mm-hmm. seems like such a pain to try. Like remember we talked last episode about you know have have your battle tactics picked out early. Yeah. I look at this and say I can't pick any of these. Yeah. Uh, uh, pick an enemy monster on the battlefield, and if you destroyed that by an attack made by a friendly abhorrent, yeah, or an aberrant, so I've got to be able to kill him with, or else I don't get it. Which means I've got to have him right on the edge, mm-hmm. because you can't afford to just. But I might be able to get it. You can't yeah. afford to lose the points, right? So this is hard. What's the next one? Uh, the next one is overrun. Uh, it says you complete this battle tactic if every enemy unit on the battlefield is within three inches of a friendly flesh eater quartz unit at the end of the turn. That could so work. These, these are these are harder than you think, these ones. They are, yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, you complete the next one. You complete this tactic if every friendly unit on the battlefield is wholly within 12 inches of a hero that has six noble deed points at the end of the turn. I mean, you have to look for an opportunity to use that at the end of the game. Yeah, this guy's got six noble deed points. Let me pull this, you know, this over there so that it's mm-hmm. wholly within 12 inches. Every mm-hmm. unit is wholly within 12 inches. Yeah. That's just, God, that's so much to have to do. I mean, if you have one here, if you only have one hero left, maybe it's a little easier. Unless you, unless you can't get them all around him. You got to right. be within 12 yeah, inches, right. wholly yeah. within 12 inches, and you can't yeah. get all around him because there's one. Right. You know? Uh, Lance formation if two or more friendly knights made a charge and the charge roll for each of those units was seven or more (laughs) come on yeah that's a crap that's a crap shoot right yeah it's terrible Mm -hmm. and what's the last one ties of chivalry pick an objective on the battlefield that your opponent controls you complete this battle tactic if you control that objective at the end of your turn and it is contested by at least one friendly Surf's model, one friendly Knight's model, one friendly Courtier model. That one's a, probably the easiest of these six. Yeah, because if I all get them within range, I'm you know I, I may have to fight to take it, but I've got all that there to take it. But I'm mm-hmm. not seeing any easy ones. Not that, a that, single that, one. That's that's one you could actually set up. Yeah. Right. But the rest of it, I'd be going from the general's handbook because I don't see. How, I mean, ugh. you just you'd have to just look for opportunities to squeeze those in. Yep. Uh, okay, you know what? Show, let's do one or two units real quick. Some of the big guys, and then we'll get into. Um, and then we'll get into. Uh, it will take our last break, and then we'll really mm-hmm. start to plow into this. Uh, Ushorin. Uh, Nagash is listed in the book, and I don't think any of his rules changed. He is still nine hundred sixty-five points. Mm-hmm. He still starts off casting eight spells. I mean, it's just he's, yeah, he's, he, he's still ridiculous. Yeah, he's doing his thing. Uh, Ushorin, though, sixteen wounds with a four-up save. Mm-hmm. He can cast two, unbind two. It's yep. the general, even when it's not the general. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the hero phase, pick a delusion of the court, and until your next hero phase, that one applies uh, to all friendly flesh eater court units, wholly within the epicenter of delusion. Mm-hmm. He has an epicenter of since he is the the the, the patient zero. Yeah. Uh, everyone around him is affected by his delusions. And it starts off with a 30-inch epicenter. So in the hero phase, pick one of them, and then you can, anyone who's within range gets it. So, you know, we said, oh, I'm going to pick this, but you get to pick a second one every turn, and they both count. Mm-hmm. That's great. We went over those, the plus one to charge or the plus one to, to wound or the plus one to hit. That's fantastic. Yeah. Okay. Also, while he's got six noble deeds, um, the friendly flesh eater quartz units affected by feeding frenzy mm-hmm. uh, is when they're within 24 inches of him. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Uh, friendly flesh eater quartz units are affected by the feeding frenzy battle trait while they are totally within 24 of this unit instead of 12. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's so good. Mm-hmm. And just a reminder, Feeding Frenzy is plus one attack. Right. So he's got a foot all around him mm-hmm. to give you plus. And he's going to easily get six points. Oh, yeah. You know? 
Uh, what else can he do? At the start of the combat phase, minus one bravery for any unit within three inches until the end of the battle. <laughs> Each combat phase, this is crazy. Each combat phase, if you're within three inches of him, you lose one bravery for the rest of the battle, which means if you are near him for three full rounds, you've lost six bravery. Yeah. Then roll 2d6 inches for each enemy unit within one inch, and if that's higher than their bravery, they strike last. Yep. It's crazy. Yeah. So they all lose a bravery at the start of every combat phase, and then... On 2d6, they strike last. So staying around him, just you stop fighting. Yeah. You succumb to the delusion, I right? Would just run, I would just retreat. You have to. <laughs> yeah. You have to. Plus, you got other characters who are lowering people's bravery, mm-hmm. you know? And suddenly it's like, ugh, now it sucks. Uh, he does have a five-up ward, and yeah. he can heal 2d3 wounds in his hero face. Yeah, he just does it. And then finally, he's got a spell called Glimpses of Delusion. Cast on a 7, 18 inches. Pick an enemy model within range. Pick a melee weapon that armed with and pick one other enemy unit within range of that weapon. Mm-hmm. So you have to pick a model within range, not a unit. Then pick an, a melee weapon that enemy model is armed with and pick one other enemy unit within range of that weapon. Um... If I picked a model that was in that unit, mm-hmm. then could it attack the, its own unit? I think that's what it does, right? Well, it says pick an other enemy unit within range pick of that weapon. Pick a melee weapon that any models aren't going to pick one. Oh, yeah, it still has to be a different unit. Yeah. I think so. The That enemy model immediately makes combat attacks with that weapon against the other unit. This is great. Mm-hmm. This is, okay, I'm just going to make you go fight for me. Right, it's only one model, but you know, a lot of care, a lot of units uh, are going along with their hero character, mm-hmm. keeping him, uh, you know, some ablative armor going on, mm-hmm. and I can just make him attack them. Right, a a good a a good strong character could wipe out his own little five man protection unit. Right, <laughs> good, yeah, really easily. That would be great. Mm-hmm. But that's Ushorn. Oh, and by the way, okay. Uh, we haven't even said his scepter. Three inch range. Three's the. Oh yeah, his weapon. Th- yeah, three attacks. <laughs> threes by twos. Two rend. D three plus three. Yeah, it's crazy. And he's also got his claws and fangs. Right mm-hmm. now, threes by twos. Two rend. D three plus two damages. And attacks. Good. But yeah, threes by threes. One rend. Two damage. And he starts at ten attacks. What's what's this guy's ceiling for damage? Uh, well, three at D3 plus three, that could be 18 if the D3 is a three. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the other weapon can do 20. Mm-hmm. So that would be... 28. Uh, or yeah. 20. 20 no, 38. Plus 8, 38 plus he has a stomp. Potential 38 and he is... He could stomp for three. He could do like 41. <laughs> he can stomp? Which one is that? He's a monster. Oh, that's right. He is a monster. Yeah. Oh, it's a monster's rampage. So there's your leader. And by the way, that's Ushorin, who <laughs> is uh, where is he here? Uh, I mean, a, 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 a slim four sixty on points. It's not. Eh, that's, yeah, 
that's like a quarter of your army. I don't. I I pay it in a second. Yeah. All the stuff he can do, surround him with a bunch of characters and a bunch of ghouls and and those types of monsters. You don't even need the big stuff. Yeah, He's I mean decimating things around him. Yeah, and if I mean he, you can't. I mean, yeah, I mean you. How you fight him is you just you know if you have the tools in your army, it's like any other big thing. Like if you're you know you can. If, there are some armies out there that well, I could just do twenty. Two mortal wounds to him with shooting. You know what I mean? Sure, like, it happens, right? Well, I mean, he's got a f- what? Well, how many? He's got a five up. He's got the five, five up, up ward, but he, right. I mean, he's still got a four up save too. I mean, yes, it's, yeah. it's 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 nothing to sneeze at. Oh no, I mean, he's he's really cool. I mean, he's yeah, I just think he's great. And like I yeah. said, that, that you know, if he if he's not eliminating a unit outright, it's it's bravery is dropping. And how many units do you have that are bravery six and seven? Oh yeah. Can you start at the start of combat, go down by one? At the end of, if, if you go into combat with him and you're alive at the end of the first half of the battle round, you get to the second half of the battle round, now you're down two bravery. Yeah. And you're striking last. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. It is yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, you'd have to have a pretty good reason to stay in combat with him. Like, you think you can kill him? Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. You don't want to be near him. No. He's, you know, you can try to kill him, but you don't kill him quick. You're suddenly striking last and getting hurt, and then if you don't retreat or get out of there, he's killed you. Yeah, I mean, a couple, I mean, obviously there's things that could get him, right? I'm not saying he's invulnerable. He's only got a four-up save and a five-up ward. You throw Scarbrand into him, you can probably get him, you know, that kind of stuff. But, you know, Scarbrand is one of the best melee units in the game. So, yeah, of course, right? Yeah, Yeah. it's crazy. You can say that about anything. Uh, what else? We've got a Ghoul King on a Terrorgeist, Ghoul King on a Zombie Dragon. Those are still pretty much the same. Yeah. Uh, they're good. I mean, 16 wounds with a four-up save, a six-up ward. Yeah. Um, they've got those bonus. Oh, and they, uh, in the, in your hero phase, you heal D3 wounds to them. Mm-hmm. Like, there's just a lot of good things about them if yeah, you want to write them. They're expensive. Yeah, they're not as tanky as the... Like the Soul Blight Grave Lords version. Right. You know, they're just, they're just not. But uh, but let's look at some of these new characters. Mm-hmm. Grand Justice Gourmet. Six wounds and a four-up save. Heals D3 wounds in his hero phase. And then he gets to divvy out judgment. <laughs> yeah. Um, in your hero phase, pick one of the following judgments to pronounce. The same unit cannot be affected by more than one judgment at the same time. Yeah. So, um, there's all sorts of stuff you can do here. Pick yeah. an enemy unit and uh, pick an enemy unit that is visible, and roll <laughs> a die on a three up yeah. plus one to wound that unit until the end of the turn. Insane. So just pick an enemy unit plus one to wound till the end of the turn, or pick an enemy unit that is visible and more than three inches away from friendly units on a three up. Friendly flesh eater quartz units can charge. Even if they ran earlier in the turn, as long as they finish the the charge within a half inch of that unit. Now this is yeah. Uh, I kind of like in the hero phase. I pick that, and then yeah, it's like yeah. uh, run and charge against that unit. Yeah, is this guy unique? He's named. He's got to be. He's said he's named right. I mean, he's like a he's like a named character. Let's see. Because that's a good question, because they did say that some of these guys just all take on that title. Yeah. Grand Justice Gourmet is a leader, single, and unique. 
Okay. So yes, he is unique. I mean, I mean I, and then he's got this other thing, grievous insult, picking an enemy that's visible within within three inches. Of a roll die on a three up, they get plus one to hit. Plus one for hit rolls for attacks made by friendly flesh eater court units that target that enemy unit. So I can do plus one to wound them. Yeah. I can do plus one to hit them. Yeah. I can do run and charge against that run unit. Run and charge against them. Or regicide pick an enemy unit that mm, is visible one. and has also slain a friendly aberrant. Mm-hmm. So first of all, someone's got to kill one of them, and then you can pick that. Roll a die on a three up until the end of the turn, plus one damage for weapons used by friendly flesh eater corns that target that unit. Yeah. So like, so my question is, is like this guy's a one plus, right? He feels like it. I mean, yeah. he can just he can point out to your guys. You know, he 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 gives all the right buffs. Yeah, and he. I mean, he's no slouch in combat either. No four attacks. One Fours rend. and threes, rend one d three damage. I mean, he's pretty good. He's he's not a he's not a wizard, but he's I feel like he's forty points. Yeah, I feel like he's a one plus in every flesh eater records army. Why would you not take this dude? Yeah, I mean, you only get to pick one of those per turn, but and you know it it works. I mean, it it's just insane. Like you just pick that. Oh, I picked that unit way over there, and I now my ghouls are. But their million attacks yeah. are now plus one to wound him. Like, my God. Oh, it's great. Uh, now, let's see. The Gore Warden yeah. and the Arch Regent both have seven wounds with a four up save. Gore Warden, uh, and these guys are all, I mean, look at, okay, all of them. The Ghoul King, the Arch Regent, the Gore Warden, all five attacks, threes by threes, one rend, yeah. two damage. That's, that's good. They all can do a solid up to 10. Uh, the Gore Warden, the, that newer one, can fly. He can cast an, an disbind one. He can heal D3. Yep. Uh, you can set him up in space, and yep. you, you can... can um, set up a unit with them. Yeah, a unit of clip, Crypt Flayers or more big Knights. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's got a spell, Winds of Shyish, cast on a six, range of nine. Pick a friendly Flesh Eater Quartz unit that can fly and is wholly within range... Remove it and the... Oh, wait. And then then set it down. No, remove this unit and the unit you picked from the battlefield. Yeah. Oh, this... So you got to move the Gore Warden and yeah. the one you just picked and set them up more than nine inches from all enemy units, wholly within nine inches of the Gore Warden. Right. That's not bad. Yeah, they can't... Yeah. You can grab so them, you can a, get them out of the way, and then he being uh, a hero, he can help them out. Seems really good. Yeah. Really good. Uh, what about the Arch Regent? That's the one we've had these two, the Arch Regent yeah. and the Ghoul King before. Their yep. rules are pretty similar. Yeah. They're just like the leaders for your. For they your both ghouls. heal D3. Yeah. Um, yeah. The Abhorrent Arch Regent is like cast two, dispel two. Yeah, cast two, dispel two, heal <sighs> D3 wounds, start your hero phase, return three slain models to one friendly surf unit within 18 yeah. inches or one friendly knight model within 18 yeah. inches. Yeah. And then he's got his spell, cast on a six. In the following movement fla- fa- phase, friendly Flesh Eater Quartz units uh, that are set up at the end of the movement phase can immediately move D6. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, there's just so much happening with this stuff. Yeah. The Ghoul King's got a spell that goes off six. You can immediately charge and roll 3D6 for the charge. If it's successful, strike first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've just got... 
all sorts of good stuff here. Um, oh, he's got a Code of Honor spell. Uh, start of the combat phase. Pick an enemy hero within an inch and duel. If you do so, add one to your damage characteristics of your melee weapons until the end of the phase, but you can only target that hero. That's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, he's pretty squishy, but... Six yeah. six wounds with a four up save is not super squishy. Yeah, I mean you just kind of th- you just kind of toss them in there and see if you can nuke somebody, right? Yeah, uh, plus one of the damage. So he's doing five at threes by threes, one rend three damage. Yeah, well, rend one, but you know. Yeah. Uh the abhorrent cardinal. Oh, this guy's another one. Yeah. Now he's. Five wounds with a five up save, so it's not great. He does heal D three wounds, but if you're taking wounds on this, you're already in trouble. Uh, it's his freaking com- his thing, his prayer, his thing. prayer. It answers on a three, eighteen inches. Pick an enemy unit, and until your next hero phase, roll a die every time they receive a command on a four up. That command has no effect. Mm-hmm. So you're basically just stopping anyone for doing any commands with it because you don't want to to get burned. All right, so you like. Oh, where's you know where are you going to be fighting? Okay, there's your chosen. Yeah. Boom. Now, in order to use a command on them on a four up, it just doesn't work. Yeah. So all that defense, all that attack, all that stuff. I just yeah. I mean, there's another one. It seems like I'd want this in my army. Yeah. Um, and uh, the Marrow Scroll Herald, who is once again five attacks, threes by threes, one run, two damage. He can deal out ten as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's good, but you got to be within six inches to to do stuff. And this yeah. dude's got five wounds with a five up, six up. So right. he yeah. makes me nervous. Mm-hmm. Um, but I got to get in close, and I don't want him to get killed. Right? Well, mm-hmm. that's no problem for him. Don't shoot the messenger. You, <laughs> this unit is not visible to enemy models while it is wholly within six inches of five or more other friendly flesh eater quartz models. I could be in base to base with you, and you can't see me. Yeah, I'm not visible to you. If there is within six, within wholly within six of five more models, so I could bring them right up and offer the 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 bone trinket or whatever. Yeah, and you still can't see me, which means you can't target them, right? Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> I've never seen a rule like that. No, me neither. It's not yeah. visible to enemy models while it's wholly within six inches of five or more other friendly flesh eater course models. Yeah. That's there, crazy. There, there, there's ways around that, but yeah. You, uh, could use, you could use like an endless spell and just drop it over his head, you know. At the end of a charge phase, pick an enemy unit within three inches of this unit and offer the infected bone. Now they have to choose. If they refuse, they get strike last until the end of the... The following combat phase. Mm-hmm. Okay, so strike last. That's not great, but you know I could take it. If you don't do that, if you accept the bone token, you're infected. For the rest of the battle, roll 2d6 before the unit issues or receives a command. The infected unit attempts to cast a spell or chant a prayer. So now commands, spells, and prayers are all under this. Uh, make the roll before the action is carried out. If the roll is greater than the unit's bravery, they can't perform that action in that phase. Yeah. you you got to have at least one of these guys out offering people things. I think so. Because they're just going to keep taking strike last because you don't want to be uh, subject to your bravery for the rest of the game, especially when Ushorn has dropped it permanently on you. <laughs> Unless you're like bravery 10 or something. Still. Yeah. Like there's a lot going on at that 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 herald seems pretty 
good. Is it as good as the Cardinal? I don't know. But it does have a cool thing. But once again, you got to be within six inches. But oh, I got a, I got a bunch of models next to me. I can totally be there. Like mm-hmm. it just seems almost too good to be true. Yeah. Um, and then you get the decapitator, which I like. <laughs> um, once again, five wounds, five up save, six up ward. Uh, in the combat phase, if there's a surf unit that is wholly within nine inches of the decapitator uh, and is within three inches of an enemy unit. Uh, they can fight as soon as he fights. Mm-hmm. That's I love that. I love when you can get an extra fight. So if you have a decapitator, keep him near the ghouls or that stuff because they get to fight right after he does. Yeah, I like those too. And he's giving out three attacks, fours by threes, two ran to three damage. Not bad. So he can do some stuff, but then you got the serfs with you. Um, then he's got off with their head. Yeah. Uh, is yeah. another. This guy's another one plus the army just for this rule. At the end of the combat phase, if any wound caused by this unit's headsman's axe in that phase were allocated to an enemy hero, and the enemy hero is not slain, so if I did wounds to your hero and he's not dead, mm-hmm. at the end of the combat phase, roll a die and on a five up that enemy hero dies. Yeah. No, it's kind of like the it's kind of like the reality splitting axe in blades of corn does the same thing. Yeah, I mean, and it counts every com every combat phase that he does wounds. If he doesn't kill you on a five up, you die. Yeah. So yeah. the only and then I guess it, it doesn't affect like the big stuff, right? That it says, doesn't say that. Well, if it, but the those rules do. So if you're like a a mega gargant, that rule doesn't affect you. Oh, it because it says anything that would slay right? you would just would yeah. change your wounds. Yes, yes, exactly, yes, 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 exactly. yes. Sorry yeah. about that. I didn't realize that's where you're going. Oh yeah, yeah. So All some of things. That, how many? How many heroes did we just look at? Decapitator, Cardinal, Herald, mm-hmm. Gormain, Gore Warden, Archregion, Ghoul King. That's seven. Yeah. Uh, eight with Ushorin. Okay. Yep. But we've got Ushorin. There are seven heroes here. We haven't, we've got four more we haven't covered yet mm-hmm. with the Crypt Gas Courtier. Now, those guys were abhorrents. These, all of these guys we're talking about, they're all vampires. They're all abhorrents. Oh, not all yeah. of them. The Cardinal's an abhorrent. Uh, the Marisco Herald, the Royal Decapitator, they are... Yeah, they're... They're, they're mordants. Yeah, they're ghouls. Mordants. The yeah. Archregent, the Ghoul King, the Gore Warden, they're all abhorrents. Yeah, so they're vampires. Yeah. These guys are mordants. Uh, yeah. So the Crypt Gas... The Crypt Gas Courtier. Yeah. I don't understand what model this guy is. Uh, that's just a hero model from your ghoul list. Is it? I don't remember those guys. Yeah, they just have. They just had a bigger rack of bones on their back. They did. Yeah, just look, go look at the, go look at any picture of a box of ghouls. You'll see okay. him there. He's are they, just, are they are they were they supposed to be like the champions in yeah. those units? Okay. So now, if you got a unit of ghouls, you have to like. This this is what I don't like about this, where they made all these heroes out of characters in there. Because now yeah. you got a box of twenty ghouls, and if yeah. you want to make one courtier, now you're short, or you got to yeah. find another model. I mean, yeah, I didn't like that about this, right? Uh, yeah. But they're another one. If there's a surf unit next to them, surf unit gets to fight immediately after they do. Yeah, uh, mimicking their uh, Hishian brethren because these guys you know mimic everybody's cool things mm-hmm. but even this guy five attacks fours by threes one ren d3 damage i mean pretty good yeah you could put him in with uh, a unit of ghouls 
you know, and he's a hero. So he does a couple of kills, and suddenly the heroes around him are getting extra attacks too, or the characters. Mm -hmm. Um, The Vargolf Courtier. Eight wounds with a four-up save. Um, he's got claws and fangs. Claws, five attacks, threes by threes, one ren, two damage. Not bad. Uh, the dagger-like fangs, he gets one bite on you, one attack, threes by twos, two ren, three damage. Uh, so not too bad there. They're already pumping out a potential 13 wounds. Okay. Right. Now, at the start of the combat phase, he can use this ability called the King's Champion. If you do so... In that phase, you can add two to the attack characteristics of this unit's melee weapons. So that's seven attacks for two damage and three attacks <laughs> yeah. for three damage. Yeah. Uh, but it can only target units that have a wound characteristic of one or two and don't have a mount. So this yeah. guy is going to brutalize your battle line unit with its five-up save. Yeah. He is going to brutalize it. And at the start of the combat phase, you can do this. Mm-hmm. So anything that he's fighting that's one or two wounds, he's just getting more. He's getting better attacks. Yeah, he's cool. Uh, uh, he can, um, when he moves, he can fly. Yeah, oh, that's he, like, right. He can go through terrain, stuff. yeah. And then he can heal uh, D6 wounds uh, if he kills anything. If you kill any models, D6 wounds. And if you want, you can retreat. Yeah. Uh so that's a similar rule to Soul Blight where they heal after mm-hmm. they do damage, right? Yeah. But I'm looking yeah. at this going, man, I'm now at nine or ten characters, and I can't take but six. And if mm-hmm. I take Ushore, and I'm probably not taking six because he's already in the four, <laughs> you know, yeah. almost 500. Yeah. But which guys to take? Yeah, I, don't I know. mean, the courtiers, uh, you know, the Crypt Gas, the Crypt Infernal. I don't know about these guys. I don't even know why. I don't, I just, I don't get it. They're like the champions from the other the previous units, but you're right. It's like now you have to like, yeah. Now it's gonna be hard to like those boxes don't make sense anymore. Well, no, because you got to get an extra box. Now you can uh, get one box of the the horrors and make a crypt haunter and a crypt infernal out of that, but then you've yeah. still got an extra model. Yeah. You know, I was just it's it, like I said, I I don't I don't like how it's just taking a character out of an existing box that's that unit size and suddenly right. I'm going to pull one out and what am I going to do with these other models? Yeah, how, and then it's like how do you differentiate them? How do you keep them separate? It's like cuz they're just the hero from the other unit exactly. You have yeah. to differentiate them through paint or something. It's just I don't yeah. I I'm not a huge fan of these. Although once again, this guy. All right, the Crypt Infernal Courtier. Okay? Mm-hmm. 6 wounds. Four up save. It can fly. Uh, it's got a breath weapon, a melee weapon. Four attacks, fours by threes, two ren, D3 damage. Mm-hmm. And then its regular melee is five attacks, fours by threes, one ren, two damage. Yeah. So I guess what did they do? They, um, they yeah. They use, they use the crypt ghoul the, or the crypt haunt, hunter head with the wings. And then he's got like the, the infernals are a mix between the horrors and the whatever the heck else that kit made. This is one of them split guys again. Yeah, and then the crypt haunter courtier, they differentiate. He's here because he's got the he's got the vargeist head. Yeah. Um. Now, if the infernal courtier, any model slain by wounds caused by this unit's fetid breath, so that breath attack, 
Until the end of the phase, add one of the damage characteristic of missile weapons used by friendly Crypt Flare units wholly within nine inches of that unit. The same Crypt Flare unit cannot benefit from this ability more than once per phase. Do Crypt Flayers have fetid, have a they must have a shooting attack. Uh, let's take a look. Crypt Guard. Yeah, Death Crypt. Scream. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So they've got uh, four four attacks, fours by threes, two rend, one damage. Oh, not bad. And their Death Scream wounds, uh, it wounds on twos if you're bravery six or lower. Yeah. Once again, that whole bravery bombs. There's a lot of bravery bombs in this. There sure is. You know what? Because ghosts coming at me is scary. Zombies coming at me is scary. These things, cannibal crazies running at me and screaming <laughs> and hollering, that's terrifying. Yeah. Right. Um. So, yeah, the Infernal Courtier. Uh, okay. Yeah, and then they get what, dam- plus one damage for missile weapons. So, they, uh, like I said, they're doing two damage with that. So this guy goes first, does some damage with his... Uh, fetid breath and then everyone else gets extra so pretty good you can use this against heroes again oh, yeah. a quick thing get a couple of techs and then boom I'm, you're instantly jump in with these guys mm-hmm. you know increase their damage and then they're going to be shooting uh the crypt haunter courtier once again a crypt haunter champion six wounds four up save can heal uh the infernal can't heal he the infernal and the vargulf don't heal which i think is weird Vargulf heals. He does? When he, when he, when he fights. Oh, that's right. If he kills something, he can heal yeah. up to... Yeah, that's right. He can, he can heal a lot. That's right. I'm sorry. Am I wrong? Um, and then if you, uh, with the Crypt Haunter, he can heal. And if there's a horror unit within three inches and he fights, or within yeah. Holy Within Night, that basically he get, the Haunter can get his horrors to, to fight right after he does. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, all... The heroes. I don't know how you pick si- only six out of that. Yeah, I could. I can't see this. This. I can't see this army going without putting five or six. I mean, definitely. If you don't have a Shoran or Nagash, I'd have six yeah. easily because there's so many that are good. Right. It's just crazy. It's crazy how good they are. Um, did we take a break? Uh, did we take our know. third break or did we not? Yeah, I think we did. Oh, I didn't write down the time. I thought, or did we just start talking an hour ago? Now I'm going to have to go back and listen and figure out when we took a break. And we're going to have to take a break right now. Oh, if I missed a break, I'm going to be so mad at myself. (laughs) But did we talk for an hour without another break? I mean, we could have. Maybe. I I don't know. I'm kind of losing track here. I mean, I'm a little tired, to be honest with you. It's a late yeah, night I mean, for Y-Tech here, and it's we're going along, but I want to get this done. So yep, yep. now i got to go back before Saturday and listen to this whole segment and, and find out where, if there was another break in there. Oh, I'm such a chucklehead.
Are you finally looking to start your rebasing project? Six Squared Studios. Are you looking for some new and interesting resin terrain? Six Squared Studios. Are you looking for some fancy acrylic counters to keep track of wounds or maybe some other statistical anomalies? Six Squared Studios. Maybe you need a new rack for your paint? Six Squared Studios. Well, then look no further. What you need is Six Squared Studios. They ship worldwide with domestic shipping for both the U.S. and Canada. Six Squared Studios. That's right, Six Squared Studios. That's the number six, squaredstudios.ca. When your gaming needs go beyond your basic dice, tape measure, models, and paints, think Six Squared Studios. Six Squared Studios. Now all your base are belong from them. back hello uh crypt guard crypt guard all right these are our new boys one wound five up or uh one wound five up save uh champion gets an extra attack standard bearer uh oh standard bearer if you fail a battle shock test a half the number of models that flee rounding down that's good yeah, uh, and uh, plus one uh, to run and charge if you've got a musician. So all the right bits. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have a two-inch range on their weapons. Two attacks, threes by threes, one rend, one damage. Not bad. Um, these guys have a five-up ward. And their heroes within three inches get a bonus to their ward. Yeah, their their armory of madness is crazy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Any wounds caused by attacks that are allocated to an enemy unit, that enemy unit cannot issue or receive commands until the end of the turn. If what? you cause wounds <laughs> to the unit, it can't issue or receive commands until the end of the turn. Wow. Yeah. Including inspiring presence. Yeah, including everything. Every, all that stuff. And I've got a five-up save and a five-up ward, which is better than the six-up ward, and there's a... Pl- like, you can have heroes with a five-up ward. Plus one to ward rolls means you've got a four-up ward on certain characters. Yeah. That's wow. great. It's really good. Yeah. Dude, it's crazy. This unit is really good. Now, it's not cheap. Whereas whereas uh, uh, 20 ghouls are 160 points, yeah. these are 10 for 140. Okay. Yeah. Uh, if you're doing Morgaunt, they are battle line, however. Okay. So 10 for 140 to be battle line in the Morgaunt army, which is, if I remember correctly, that's the big one. That's the one where uh, uh, you can get extra extra noble deed points. Wow. They're great. They're great. And so, uh, but the regular Crypt Ghouls, one wound with a six-up save, mm-hmm. they have only a champion. They have no musician. They have no banner. They have a six-up save. They don't have the bonus to the word. Plus one rend if they're wholly within nine inches of a courtesan or 18 inches of an abhorrent. So crypt ghouls within, but that just gives them one rend because they have two attacks, fours by fours, no rend, one damage. So you have to have them near a unit. You need to give them that rend. Yeah, they're sixes to hit, score of automatic wound. That, that is good. Six is hit auto uh, wound. A five up if there's 20 or more models in the unit. 
So the only way that's going to work is if you pick, you'd have to have 40 because they come in units of 20. Yeah. But 40 crypt ghouls with two attacks, auto wounding on on fives. Yeah. Uh, I'm, and at rend one for the rest of them. And more than likely, you're going to have an extra attack on these dudes with the no. Oh, right, points. right. So a unit of, oh my God, wait, a unit of 40. You won't be able to get. You probably won't get all forty in combat. But. Uh, you get a big unit. You can get twenty of them in combat. That's still yeah, sixty attacks right there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, that's going to be cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about the knights. Yeah, these guys are great. I, I love the models. First off, yeah, they live. They do look like little tiny terror geists. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, three wounds with a four up save. They can fly. Um, the standard bearer. Uh, if they okay, if they made a charge move this turn, each model in this unit counts as three models for the purpose of contesting an objective. So a standard bearer on the charge, the unit goes from being a unit of three to counting as a unit of nine for objectives. Yeah, that's not bad. Uh, one in every three models can be a horn blower plus one to run in charge. It already moves twelve. Yeah, and it's plus one to run in charge. If this unit makes a charge move, pick an enemy within an inch, and basically you get impact hits. The unit cannot receive the Unleash Hell command in this phase if you charge it. In addition, roll a die for each model in the unit that's within an inch of that enemy unit. So basically, you know, you got three of them, all of them getting the base contact. And for each four up, each of them gets to roll, and each four up is D3 mortals. Yeah. Oh, and they can retreat and charge. That's pretty good. Yeah. So uh, they retreat, then they charge. You make the charge move. They get the impact hits. These knights are just good. Uh, two attacks, threes by threes, one rend, one damage from the lance. Three attacks, threes by threes, one rend, two damage from the beast. That's not bad. No. I mean, you know, it's it's a potential for eight wounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, per, but they are knights. They can be it, healed. You can get the plus one to their weapons, at their attacks, to make them even better. Um, and you can bring them back. You can bring them back. Yeah, they're knights. Yeah, they come back for two points unless you got that bonus where you can bring them back for one point. Unit of three. Maybe if you got crazy and made a unit of six. Right. Then you got your cup players. And we've seen a lot of these. Okay. Oh, the, yeah. The flayers yeah. plus one to wound if your bravery is six or less with the death scream. Yeah. So once again, and it's the death scream. So if your bravery is low, you're going to be more easily susceptible to it. Right. Um, and you get a free move for the courtier. Uh, when you pick this unit to move, you can pick a friendly flesh eater quartz hero that has a wound characteristic of seven or less that cannot fly, and is wholly within three inches. So when I pick this unit to move, if I got his buddy with him, remove that hero from the battlefield. After this unit is finished moving, set him up wholly within three inches. Like so basically, ca- yeah. Carry him. Take one with you. Mm-hmm. Crypt players can take any Flesh Eater Quartz hero. Seven or wound. Seven wounds or less. Yeah, but that includes a lot of them. In fact, let's roll yeah. through. Who does that mean they can take? Obviously, nothing. none of the big boys. But, well, the guy's on foot. <sighs> uh, Infernal Courtier, Haunter Courtier, Vargulf is eight. No Vargulf. Right. Uh, 
Crypt Gas Courtier, Royal Decapitator, Marrow Scroll Herald, Abhorrent Cardinal, Grand Justice Gormain, the Gore Warden, the Arch Regent, the Ghoul King, all of them can go with this guy. Mm-hmm. That's good. Um, there's so many of these that are similar, you know? Uh, Crypt Horrors, plus one rend when they're near a hero. Uh, they don't have any rend, but they have four attacks and two damage. You can heal D3 on the horrors. And uh, if you uh, unmodified wound rolls of six on the attack, do extra damage. Extra damage. Three damage instead of two. Everything in here's got these bonuses. Everything here works with something else. Like you just, this is uh, one of those great examples of find the things you like and just find yeah. the things that you know that go with it. Right. Uh, the royal beast flares, eh, well, it's fine. Uh, royal terrorgeist and the zombie dragon. Basically, they're pretty much the same as the other ones, except they don't have a hero on their back. Right. But the same rules otherwise. Different same rules. Yeah. Uh, and then we've got the Charnel Throne, which is their terrain feature. So you set it up with the same rules as every other terrain feature. Uh, it can be garrisoned by one hero with a wounds characteristic of up to seven. So yes. basically all the characters we just named. Yep, guy sits on there. Uh, while an enemy unit within 12 of this, it cannot be affected by any abilities that allow units to ignore Battleshock tests. So any abilities. If you're within 12 inches of this thing, you have to take Battleshock tests. Okay. At the start of your hero phase, add D3 Noble Deeds points to any hero that is garrisoning the terrain feature. So if i got to wow. stay in here, yeah. I don't have that opportunity to do all that killing, so I can only get one point per spell. Right. So now I get D3 just for being in there, too. And now you've got um, some endless spells. Well, Are these new? I, I don't think so. But I know I the Corsair Stampede's been around. I don't. I thought the. Cha- I I thought. I, mean, I don't remember the chalice. I don't either. And the cadaver's barricade's great. Yeah. All right. So cadaver's barricade cast on a five twenty four inches. Set it up within range and visible and more than an inch from all other models and stuff. Okay. After it's set up, it's a terrain feature that has grasping hands. Except it can still be dispelled. Grasping hands. Enemy units within three inches cannot run a retreat. In addition, if a model starts its move within three inches of this terrain feature, half the distance it can move. Right. You can just drop this down in front of that thing you don't want them getting towards and slow them down crazily. Yeah. Uh, and then what's the chalice do? The so chalice you cast... On a six. On a six, range of, 20, range of 24, which is bonkers. So is the barricade. Yeah. Uh, and it can move. Yep. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, keep track of the number of models that are slain within a foot of this endless spell each turn. At the end of each turn, roll a dice with each model that was slain within 12 inches of this endless spell during that turn. Reach four up. The commanding player can heal one wound allocated to one flesh eater quartz model within a foot of this endless spell or return one slain model to one flesh eater quartz unit that has like wounds characters of one that is wholly within 12 inches of this endless spell. So it just kind of floats around and uh, and heals wounds. Ki- kill, yeah, heals wounds to you. Uh-huh. Uh, last one is the Corpse Mirror Stampede. That one casts on a 7, range of 3d6 inches. It's predatory, so it can move around. After it's been moved, roll 6 dice for each unit that had any models pass across it. Yeah. 
For each roll that's greater than their wounds characteristic, they take a mortal wound. For each six, the unit instead suffers more, one mortal wound regardless of its wound characteristic. Yeah. So, oh yeah, so six, basically sixes count no matter what it is. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, going up against a unit of one wound models, mm-hmm. six dice is going to practically be six mortals. Yeah. I mean, that's not bad. Uh, that's everything. Wow, we got through this pretty quick. Everything but they don't have a ton of units, and a lot right. of them get a little bit of redundancy. Like, I was, I'm not trying to give short shrift to any of these guys, where I'm like, oh, they just have this, but it's a lot of samey-samey. Like, we even yeah. said, those courtiers all had the exact same stat line for attacks. Right. Um, what do you think, Chris? I, I like it. I do, too. I think it's cool. I think it. I think it's going to be. I think you're going to see it on the table more. I think this is definitely an improvement over the old book. Mm-hmm. Uh, much more synergies going on here, and it's not broken either. No, nothing in here feels completely busted to me. Like losing losing a bravery every combat phase if you're near Ushorin seems uh. crazy, but it's yeah. not like you're going to be but around him for exactly. three battle rounds. Exactly. Somebody's going to die. Yeah, you can you can choose whether or not you want to be there because. I mean, he's not that fast, right? No, but you can, I suppose, I don't know, try to block things in or something. There's just so many moving parts of this army. And like I said, he moves 10. Find the models you like. Yeah. And then find what they work with and build that. And you'll be happy with this army. Yeah. You want to go horde? You could go horde. That's probably the easiest way to play this. Sure. Horde it up. Uh, and you'll probably way. just be uh, 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 and uh, it depends on your thing like I said yeah. which one you want to take uh, yeah. you know, like because which uh, I mean which place you want to be from which, which faction yeah yeah that's it because um, you know they each give you that little bonus but it's a small bonus like I got a lot right. of heroes so I want to do right uh, you know I want to get my uh, the only thing that that scares me a little bit about this army is that like we've been saying the whole time this army wants to get up and fight you in close combat, and it needs its heroes to be up there swinging to get those noble deeds points. Yeah, but but when you're up there, man, you're vulnerable. So that's just the price you pay to play this army because you know? they don't care because right. they are on a noble cause. Yeah, uh, fighting for a noble purpose. Right. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm sorry. Hold on one second. Mm-hmm. Ooh, sorry, I had a terrible cough there. Um, so yeah, they're rushing up, but yeah. half of those guys heal, dude. <laughs> yeah, half heal of D3. those guys heal D three. But yeah. I mean, when you've got six wounds, D three is a lot. It is. Plus, you can always do your regular heroic recovery. I guess if you were out of combat, you, yeah, get them out of combat. You can have that one guy can grab people and fly. Right. Yeah. Grab them and grab another hero near you and fly out of there. Right. Heal things up, move things around. But I love it. I I think I could totally do uh, a, a bunch of terror geists. Mm-hmm. I mean, say what you want about them. The terror geists themselves, they can do. Uh, and like I said, I I don't know why I like them better than the zombie dragon. I just do. Okay. Uh, but they got that death streak. Yeah. You know, they get three attacks from the fanged maw, fours by threes, two ren d six damage. Yeah, they get seven attacks from their claws. Fours by threes, one rend, two damage. Yeah. Um, 
The D6 damage is always a little swingy, but well, they've always been like that. But three attacks, right? Mm-hmm. Um, don't they get plus one if they're near a hero that has six points? Oh, uh, they should, yeah. So that becomes four attacks with that Fang Maw. Remember, with the Fang Maw, uh, it does D6 damage, but if I roll a natural six, it just does six mortal wounds. Yeah. I mean, that's crazy. Oh, I mean, it's great. You know, uh, Zombie Dragon doesn't really have that. You can set him up off on the side and bring him in. You get, I mean, he, he can alpha strike or deep strike. Well, that's good. Uh-huh. Uh, he does cause terror, which the terror guys doesn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, enemy units cannot get inspiring presence when they're within three inches of this guy. Yeah, that rule is nasty. I ran into that a couple weeks ago. Yeah, and this guy does a lot of damage. So that's the thing. This is where he's. This is where he really shines. Yeah. The zombie. The 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 terror geist has that sixes do d six mortals, and it can do. You know, it has that death shriek. This guy's breath attack. Threes by threes, one rend, three damage. Okay. Yeah. His, his his jaw attack, three attacks, fours by threes, three rend, three damage. Yeah. So I mean, I yeah, maybe you do want the zombie dragon more than the terror geist. I like the zombie dragon in like soul blight grave lords and yeah, you know, I mean it's got a lot of damage potential. Yeah. And you can make it super tanky in that army. Yeah. But in not this so army much. is what I'm talking about. Yeah, you know? yeah. Yeah. Not so much in this one. But, but I like that terror geist. I like the death shriek. You know, it mm-hmm. starts off at a six and drops to a three. Roll a D6 and add it to it. Does mortal wounds difference to the equal to the difference in your bravery characteristic? And once again, yeah. if I've got a, a someone who's dropping, a, doing bravery bombs, suddenly this guy's death shriek is just ripping. Mm-hmm. I mean, seriously, right. his death shriek sh- starts at a six, right? Yeah. If you've got a six bravery unit, and there's a lot of them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then I get to I get to I get to drop you know you're near a guy who drops it one or two and then I'm so then I'm already I mean right now if you're bravery six with that death shriek at six basically whatever my dice roll is is how many mortal wounds you're taking yeah it's nasty yeah I mean I just I see I see that and I loved it but that zombie dragon just packs much more punch mm-hmm. but uh, there's so many things I want to do with this army. <laughs> You can run an all knights army because sure. it's knights, which means you can run those more bags, guys. But you can run the horrors, yeah, the big do boys. Feel, do you feel like this army is kind of is a little is kind of glass cannony? Well, I mean, uh, a lot of five up saves and six up wards. Yes, yeah. I feel like it's like a you know, if you were to, it's like, it's like a damage. It's just a dam. It's a big damage army. It runs in. Tries to just to do just a ton of damage and then just get smacked. See, and it can totally you could totally run this as a horde army with those with yeah. all those monsters. But I'm looking at going, you you're sp- the the you're spending half your points almost on characters. Most of these characters are a buck and a half. Yeah. So if you take six characters, you're roughly spending nine hundred points. Mm-hmm. You know, you add a shore into that and drop a character, and you're spending a thousand points. You know. <laughs> yeah. And so then you've got to make do with what you can get after the. But he, like, I mean, it'd be a, you could bring a ton of ghouls and, car yeah. and you know, crypt guard or whatever they're you called. You can, yeah. You know, twenty ghouls for one hundred and sixty points. Forty yeah. ghouls for three hundred points. That goes anywhere and takes whatever it needs. 
Yeah, that it, it will get annihilated, but that's okay, you know. But you're Hopefully, healing you know. stuff back, exactly. using other exactly. guys to heal it, put it back. It's yeah. just great. This, yeah. I feel like if you, I think a a well played flesh eater quartz army is a real threat. Yeah, I mean it's a different, it's a completely different army to soul blight. Oh yeah, it, it's like it's like the mirror op, it's like the mirror image of it, really. So I I feel like soul blight is tankier. Is like more defensive, grinds, like gets in there. It's hard to put down the units. They just keep popping up everywhere. It's hard yep. to put that army away. You know, flesh eater course, They just run full pelt across the table and just do as much damage as they can before they all die. I feel like that's how that is how the army works. And 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 it should. Yeah, that's uh... yeah. And then, like, Nighthawn is, like, somewhere in the middle of that. But I love yeah. this. I love the idea that we're going to just, um, that we're going to just, these, these, they're delusional. Yeah. They, I mean, they're just rushing into battle. Got to stop right. this thing. We're, we're <laughs> the, they are the heroes of their story. <laughs> yeah. Aren't we all? Yeah. Well, yeah. Every good villain is the hero of his own story. And these guys are bananas. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we're done. Yeah. All right. Yeah, we're pushing three hours here. Let's mm-hmm. be done. Uh, once again, thanking the uh, Patreon sponsors: mm-hmm. Jake C, James Brown, Old Man Yeti, the associate producers, Scotty Milne, George Stradone, and Sir Kilstake, the executive producers, yeah. and Pyotr Komarovsky, Mitchell Hensley, and Arthur L. Bolin as our newest patrons. Thank you all for being part Thanks, of that one percent who makes this show possible. Yeah. Also, let's not forget Six Squared Studios, Chaos Orc Superstore, and Grognards. Y'all. Um, thank you all. And thank you all for tuning in early. We will be back later this month. I know it's the second. We're not due out till the 10th. Uh, Christmas episode is coming. And if you uh, have been listening to the show for a while, you should know what to expect because it's the same plan. Yeah. And I think I have figured out what I want to do. Uh, I, I'm not. I'm not running a contest per se. This is not really a contest, but I am going to be doing something. Um, I'm going to announce it hopefully next episode, and we'll plan that, and that'll run up probably till my birthday, and then we'll figure out what we're going to do from there. But there's going to be some cool stuff for listeners who are willing and able to participate in my. Uh, in my nonsense and we'll talk more about that next episode cool alright so Chris I can yeah, tell yeah. you're tired because you've been yawning the last 15 minutes oh, right in the sorry. microphone <laughs> <laughs> alright folks until next time because Chris got to go to bed yeah. until next time only the faithful will be triumphant only the faithful will stand when all others fall and only the faithful will know no despair except when they can't go to sleep to <laughs> go. Horn Replacer! We got it back. Yeah, man. All right. See you next episode, folks. <laughs>